friend of the show, uh, Paul Kafasis, texted me earlier today uh, with an interesting question. And he said, if you heard somebody say that uh, an outfielder went, quote, full Canseco on a ball, <laughs> what does that mean to you? <laughs> I'm not sure I know. I I, I was, like the uh, the thought experiment, though. I got it because I can never forget this play. Um it was a play when when Jose Canseco was on the Texas Rangers. He was playing right field, and there was like a what should have been a routine fly ball out at the warning track. He lost it, and it hit him on the head and bounced over for a home run. It's it, I will that I'll, seems impossible. I That's will I will put is, put the I will put the link in the show notes. Okay. I swear to God, All right. Uh, All right. I will send it to you now, but. Uh, it does sound impossible, uh, but it did happen. And I think in, I, I think you could probably, if you had the right math degree, you could probably prove mathematically that it could only have happened to Jose Canseco. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that seems that seems right. Yeah, you right. know that's the second. It's the second thing on YouTube. The second search criteria for Jose Canseco. The first is just Jose Canseco, right. and the second is Jose Canseco ball hits head. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what the heck is that? That's, uh, I got oops, the audio oops. from your video. I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, did what? No, this is great. I'm listening. That. that was the ad. Here he goes. Here he goes. He's going back. He's going back. Thonk. <laughs> it, it, you'd, you'd think you'd have to try to do that. No, or that you'd have to try to do it on purpose. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not even sure if you could do it on purpose. But. Right. So what happened was that yesterday, or yeah, I guess it was yesterday, uh, Toronto Blue Jays left fielder Ben Revere uh, was trying to catch a fly ball hit by the Orioles' Matt Wieters, and it was it was going to hit the wall about, an, about a foot short, and he jumped up to catch it, and it hit his glove, and and went over for a home run. So it would not have been a home run. It would have been about a foot yeah. foot short, and it instead was because he tried to catch it in his glove. To me, that's not a full Canseco. That that to me is like a half Canseco. Like it's got to no, hit your right. head. It's got to hit your head. Got to hit your head or some other butt. I mean, you know, you know, I'm not sure if there's anything else more comical than the head that would I, actually work. I think you're de debasing the beauty of that play. <laughs> By calling it a, a, a can't a full a full yeah yeah yeah, There's, yeah that, that's a half that's a half at best <laughs> that's a half I can't say the other <laughs> that should be that should be the official scoring actually <laughs> the other link that <laughs> came be. up when I went to Google it when you type in Jose Canseco and that is a fun it, it it's a very fun game what auto completes the other one that came out was Jose Canseco knocked out. And when that when that auto completed, I thought I was like, "Holy cow!" So I misremembered the play. I was like, I, "I don't remember him getting knocked out on that play." I thought that it just went over, and you know, he was okay. Turns out it's a different video. He he was in a celebrity boxing match <laughs> <laughs> and got knocked out in the first round. Naturally, yeah, naturally he was. Oh, man, <laughs> who is he fighting? Uh, Vi Sikahima, former uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, uh, I think he was like a safety and like a kick returner, uh, and is now, in fact, a uh, beloved local uh, sportscaster here in here in Philly. Vi Sikahima. 
<laughs> I believe he's Hawaiian. Oh my god! Yeah, beloved for having having knocked out Jose Canseco. <laughs> exactly. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, god! I guess he. I guess Canseco used to play at uh, for the local for our local team here for the Rainiers. Actually, oh. because the, he was he was an he was in the A's, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it used to be the Rainiers used to be an A's farm team before they became a Mariners farm team. Huh. Um, and so I remember going to a game one night, and I'm pretty sure I get we, the like the gift, the thing you, you know, if you get first 100 people or whatever, was a Jose Canseco bobblehead doll. That's a good name for a local team, named after your uh, yeah. local uh, mountaintop uh, Mount Rainier. Yeah, unless they rename the mountain. Yeah, well, that happens nowadays. Right, that's right. Yeah, which I think they should. But yeah, that's okay. <laughs> what Keep a the team name! What a funny story that is. I, I I'm guessing most people have heard this, but it's uh it's uh there was it there's a mountain in Alaska, and that everybody mm-hmm. in Alaska calls it Denali, and it's the mm-hmm. like the indigenous uh name that you know they've been calling it that since you know I don't know hundreds <laughs> of years or whatever, and then. Uh, uh, at some point, hundred years ago, uh, some point, a, a white man shows up. A white man shows up, <laughs> and they named it Mount McKinley after President McKinley, who, quite frankly, was not a very good president. No, uh, and in fact, this is the part I did not know: had never even stepped foot in Alaska. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. so, well, it was a long way to go back then. President uh, Barack Obama uh, renamed it uh, uh, to Denali and to, uh, to what it was originally named right and it's such a weird story because so much in in u.s politics is just knee jerk uh mm-hmm. left right republican democrat you know anything you know obama you know orders a hamburger and uh and republicans complain that he didn't get a cheeseburger uh right, right. uh and instead though this is very strange everybody in alaska whether they're Republican or Democrat is very happy about this because it's apparently been like a sticking point for a long time because, you know, they don't like it. And people in Ohio, which is the home state of uh, President McKinley, are very, very, very upset. (laughs) Too bad. (laughs) Name one of your little mountains in Ohio, Mount McKinley, right? Now the name's really Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. McKinley Hill. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so to, uh, the Rainier is actually, to, I believe, Tahoma, in whatever the. Oh, I'm I not did sure not which, know that. which native which native language it is if it's or if it's all of them if they all call it the same thing. Um, so basically, the same. I mean, the same name as Tacoma, right? I did. So, I I did not know that. Yeah. Well, there you go. So they should change that, and then the <laughs> the, the team could be the Tacoma Tahomas. Oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> That would be a good way to get on SportsCenter on a regular basis. <laughs> that way, they, right? <laughs> they're not getting their <laughs> the way they're playing right now. Right. Actually, I don't know how well the Rainiers are doing, but <laughs> their parent team is not doing that well. All right. I tried to explain to Jonas the other day about you remember Dick Trickle. I remember the, the name. What he was that? a NASCAR driver. He was a like a mediocre NASCAR NASCAR driver. Did not have a you know great win record or anything like that. But in the late nineties, when uh, like Keith Olbermann and uh, Dan Patrick were doing Sports Center, I guess it was like the middle nineties. And it's you know every night at eleven o'clock, those two guys who went on you know they're two of the top sportscasters in the country now. Um, Whenever they reported NASCAR results, they would say who came in first, who came in second, and where did Dick Trickle finish? 
So it'd be like, you know, so-and-so came in first, uh, so-and-so is second, and Dick Trickle finished 28th. And and it was every single week. It was so great. And they never, of course, they never said why. And right. I, I really had to, go, I, Jonas did not believe me. He, we really had to like Google the guy and like look up his Wikipedia. And, and you can even find, if you Google him, you know, references to the fact that he was always mentioned on sports. Oh, my God. So that that's, you need a catchy name like that if you're you know if you're not going to win yeah. if you're you know only a minor league franchise you need a good name like that to come that that and that would have been a good baseball name too yeah yeah Dick Trickle yeah. oh they, yeah, yeah he should have put yeah. a baseball player right would have been maybe, uh, yeah, maybe that was it maybe that was he missed his calling yeah would have been like a, a a relief pitcher like Raleigh Fingers yeah yes. right <laughs> late innings late innings Dick Trickle comes Dick Trickle. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Trickle warming up in the bullpen. Oh, thank God we have nothing real to talk about. No, no. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Uh, let's just get the Google logo thing out of the way. Okay. I, I, this is why I brought in noted graphic designer, John yeah, Holt. I was, gonna, I was kind of wondering why I was <laughs> I was being brought on. But, but please continue. Probably because you wanted somebody who knew less than you. And I knew much more, much less than than you. Uh, <laughs> I here's the so Google changed their logo last week, and I rather than write, I I I should I'm going to write uh, sometime. You know, maybe it'll be when I get on the airplane, but at some point I've got to write a longer piece, and I have a whole bunch of links saved up because other people are writing about it. Uh, but my take on it, <laughs> I Wait, read your take. All right, I went short and sweet. Yeah. And I said, uh, they're all, wait, I better, I was going to do it from memory. It's pretty short, but I better, let's see. I'll just search my homepage for garbage. There it is. Yeah, okay. Their old logo was goofy. This new one is simply <laughs> garbage. Just right for a company with no taste. I, I know that's harsh, but I meant, I truly mean every word of that. I really do. I think it is a garbage logo. I really do. I think it is terrible. Uh, and so there's I, two there's two new things, right? There's a new the name is written differently. Yes, and then they also have a logo which they didn't have before. Am I right about that? What would the lo- what is the logo supposed to be? Like the the circle things? Yeah. So there's like a circle. Yeah. I mean, so actually, and the if you look in the uh, what is it? What's that little thing up in the the URL line? Um, the fav icon. Yeah, the fav icon. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I'm not sure what was up there before. It was. I a, thought it was that, a G. It, it was, was a, a lower case. Right? It was a blue. G. I I, I yeah. see a G now. I see a capital G. Yeah, you, but you it's colored, right? It's got the colors. Yeah. It's got the colors of the Chrome yeah. icon. Yeah, basically. Although, actually, no, it's got blue because the Chrome icon has blue in the middle. This one has it on the outside. So I thought it was just the Chrome icon in the shape of a G, but it's not. All right. The only thing I would clarify about my, I, I will write more, but if I could, if I could take my little short take again, I would, the only thing I would add is that when I say their old logo was goofy, I, that, that I realize that's an incomplete thought because it was goofy, but over the years they had simplified it to a point where it was right. It was goofy, but goofy in the way that Google is goofy. And I mean, goofy, like that they're sort of a quirky, odd, you know, that's part of their brand. Right, like, do you? I, this is my favorite moment in Google history, and I mean this in total sincerity. Whatever year it was when Gmail was announced, they announced it on April first, and 
and at the time, like if you went to like AOL.com and signed up for a free email or Yahoo, every, I guess Yahoo and Hotmail were like the two that were most popular. You'd got a new, you know, free email account and like you got like 10 megabytes of storage or 15 megabytes of storage or something like that. And then on April 1st of like whatever year it was, 2006, 2007, whatever, Google announced that they have a new free email service called Gmail and you get like a gigabyte of storage. Mm -hmm. It was like 50 times the storage of these other services. And it was April 1st, which is Internet Jackass Day. And so I remember thinking like, I, I think, and I think this might be true. I think it's true that I've never once been taken in by an Internet Jackass Day hoax, I think. And if not... If if I have been taken in, it hasn't been bad. Like I've never mm-hmm. once, you know, and I, you know, it's a point of pride for me that I've never once been full. I remember like thinking like this is this is dastardly. I can't tell whether this is real or a joke, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether I should link to it. I didn't know whether I should link to it and just say I don't know if this is a joke or not, uh, because it just seemed impossible. How could they give everybody a gigabyte of storage? Uh, and it turned out it was completely true. But I love that story, and I think that they, I think that they did it. I've never heard whether it's true or not, but I think that's why they announced it on April first because I think they knew that it would have that reaction. That part of the reaction mm-hmm. to right. the announcement of Gmail was the, "Are they kidding? Is this for real?" Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's the best thing to do on April first, right? Because everybody's so sick of April first being full of these dumb. Microsoft buys so and so, right? Um, and the 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 real trick is to do the opposite, right? Right. I mean, the real the better gag is to do the exact opposite. Announce right. something that's completely true that seems like it's probably not. And to me, it just epitomizes what is great and fun about Google that they can do. They have amazing technology. They have uh, they think big. Right. Instead of thinking like let's double Yahoo's mm-hmm. storage, let they they were like let's give a hundred times, yeah, a hundred times. Right. Um, uh, they think big. They're not afraid. You know, they, they have that sort of ambition and the imagination, and they have this weird sense of humor where I wouldn't have put it past them to do it as a joke. The, and they do. They are a company that does do jokes on April first. You know, like Apple, for example, never does April first jokes. Uh, and shouldn't it would be it would be terrible it, but it you know i i hate all <laughs> they're of not them. that good they're not that good at jokes they should <laughs> probably not try that right i don't think google's jokes are that good either but you know they do them uh it, but it's right for google's brand that they do them you know and the fact that i don't really care for those jokes is just one of those reasons why i just am more of an apple person than a google person but anyway all of that is to say is that where their logo was before like up until last week was to me, it was goofy, but goofy in the right way. And it looked, you know, it had like a certain stateliness to it. And the fact that it was this sort of weird old timey serif font that nobody really uses anymore. uh, It was just like a weird quirk, but it was instantly recognizable. uh, And, uh, you know, all in a good way. And I think that it, it was, it just had the right tone. It was their their old logo. I, I so calling it goofy and leaving it at that makes it sound like I was putting their old logo down too. What I meant is that their old logo was goofy appropriately, mm-hmm. and you know, 
and and so you can criticize it as in and of itself as a logo and and a lot of the people who have written pieces supporting the new logo you know they're correct in all the ways that their old logo was kind of weird and you know in and of itself wasn't good but i think it was really good for google uh and this new one to me it's just it's so childish looking it's 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 ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and it's it i think it's do you you think it's uh how do you think it's childish because it looks like those those letters that you put on refrigerators yeah it just to me it, the tone of these shapes of letters the 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 complete geometric roundness of these letters and and like and the best letter to look at to me is the lowercase g it, which is really really to me like a kindergarten looking lowercase g like the type of g you would you know put up in front of a kid learning to to write for the first right. time um i mean the o's are just perfect circles so it's hard to complain about them but <laughs> but just the g is really where it stands out as very very childish looking and I don't think that's good at all. I mean, other people have pointed out that it, it's it's extremely similar to the uh, like the four color G logo that they have now. Uppercase G is very very similar to a logo that Jim Bree had used oh, for yeah, like a right. decade. I saw that, mm-hmm. I, and I I don't think it's a problem in that they ripped them off. It's not you know there's there's only so many ways to do primary colors, which already was part of Google's brand. Um, you know the blue, red, yellow, green. Um, if you're going to stick to these primary, like, you know, right out of the eight color Crayola box um, look and do a uh, uppercase G, there's only so many ways to do it. So the, I, I wouldn't call it a ripoff, but the fact that it is so similar in tone to a logo for uh, a, a romper room for three-year-olds, it really, really says to me how childish it is as a brand. I really liked, for example, with their old logo, I liked the way that when they made icons, like, for example, like when they put a, you know, the, the logo on the Google Maps icon uh, or their old fav icon, that instead of using the first G, the uppercase G, they used the middle G, the lowercase one. And you mm-hmm. knew that that was Google's G. It's like Google owned that lowercase G. And I thought that was a really cool way. And I thought it was very, very... Um, apt for their brand and the sort of tone of their company. Mm-hmm. Whereas now they're stuck with this uppercase G and they, it's very generic looking. Yeah. Generically childish. Um, part the, the other part of your argument, the, the last part of your argument though, a company with no taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably what most people got hung up on. <laughs> Well, I don't. On your, th- on your they don't have taste. Comment. I really, I firmly believe it. And, and there are. Here's the. I guess the part that that gets lost in there is there are pockets within Google where there are good designers working and obviously have taste because there are some products that they put out um, that are nicely designed, but institutionally they have no taste at all because that some of their products are just horrendous. I, I, for example, I think Gmail it just looks like it looks like garbage, and it always has. And I could never. I know. I know. Probably a majority of the people listening to the show probably use Gmail, um, and if if not a majority, certainly a huge chunk use it, and they use it right out of the web browser. You know, that's how they you know do their email. I, I don't think anybody does that because they like the way it looks. They just like the way that it works. 
Um, mm-hmm. It looks terrible. It's it's just a jumbled, yeah. ugly mess. Right. And and it's like one of their flagship uh, products. I would say it's second only to web search. I guess I don't find their taste any worse than anybody else's, particularly other than with the possible exception of Apple. I mean, obviously we we prefer Apple, so we're going to come down on the side that Apple has better taste. But I, I mean, I think that I, I mean, I would say that that's probably not. Uh, too much of an argument. I mean, a- Apple is kind of the reverse, right? They they occasionally they do have things that show poor taste, um, often in their comments as opposed to their design. But by and large, it's the opposite case for them. Um, but but the th- thing about Google, I just don't think it, that their taste is really any worse than Microsoft's or anybody else's. I don't think Microsoft has good taste either. Yeah, although they have better. So, I think they've evolved better taste than Google. I think Microsoft think? has, yeah, I think in recent I think, yeah, years, maybe they're showing it uh, in the last few years. I would even say just look at their, lo- you know, their logo redesigns. You know, I think that mm-hmm. Mike, Microsoft redesigned their logo within the last few years, too. And I think for the better, you know, I yeah. think that they've, yeah. they've gotten to a mark now that they can stick with, you know, forever. And it's there's I don't think it's great. I, 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 there's nothing really that I would rave about Microsoft's current logo, but it was better than what they had before. And it's and it seems to fit their brand to me, uh, you know, and so that to me is a sign of taste. I mean, one of the reactions I've gotten from people on Twitter, and I, I almost can't believe that they exist in a world. I know there's people who don't care about logos, really think that, and think that they don't matter or whatever. But why would those people follow me on Twitter? <laughs> like I've people have said, dude, it's to, just it's just a logo to get angry. I think it's right to me. That's like saying it's who cares what font you pick. You know, it's like I I don't know. Like in the in the apartment building that is my mind. Love of typography and love um, care about logos share a bedroom. <laughs> it's to me, it's the same part of my brain. It li- I, the same part of my brain lights up when I think about fonts as when I think about logos and branding. It's mm-hmm. it's exactly the same part of my brain, and it's, and in some cases, it's married together because in this case, what I really don't like about Google's logo is the type of the the you know the word mark that right. they're using. It is, I mean, I don't, I don't like it either. But this always happens to me. Is like I, I end up these things get announced, and a whole bunch of people lose their shit over it. And I look at it, and I think, <laughs> often I, I, I will, I will end up one way or the other, like saying, "Oh, I like it," and then someone will write a very thoughtful post on why I shouldn't like it, and they'll think, "Oh yeah, okay, I can see that," or the other way around. So I don't feel like I. I I feel lost in this in this world, but I did not I did not like it on first on first glance. And I, also, I, I mean, I kind of understood why they did it because they've reorganized. Um, but I also, but at the same time, I still don't get. I think the I think that companies t- tend to do that too much, and often it's a bad impulse to rush out and redesign your your logo to reflect some sort of um, business reason that your customers really probably don't give a crap about yeah i it's a very that's a very interesting point and now that you've said it i i i have been thinking that like in the back of my head i think you're exactly right that it's inextricably tied to this alphabet mm-hmm. parent company and and honestly and i know it, i do care deeply about logos and i really do you know i i, I do think that they matter 
or at least they can matter tremendously. Like I think, for example, the Apple logo is it, it, it just you can't put a value on it. It's it is incredibly valuable to the company, and it's so meaningful to me that they can it, you know have these retail stores that don't even say the name of the store. They've never had a you know they've never put the name of the store anywhere. They just put this mark out in front, and everybody knows yeah. what it is. Um, and they can make laptops that have this mark when they're opened up and you can just see that, you know, when you go into a coffee shop that everybody is using Mm -hmm. one of their laptops and it's incredibly valuable. Um, technically not their first logo. Uh, no, well, no, not officially. There's the, uh, the, the old (laughs) Newton, Newton sitting under a tree, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which was a terrible logo. It was a very nice drawing. <laughs> doesn't really it. catch doesn't really catch the eye though. I'll put it in the show notes. I bet most people listening have seen it, but uh if you haven't, you'll be shocked at at the first Apple computer company logo. Mm-hmm. Uh very well drawn. It was very nice, but it is a terrible logo. Um yeah. yeah, but that's interesting. I do think that it's in a, that their changing the logo is inextricably tied to this sort of corporate reshuffling. And honestly, and not to read too much into it. So all this said that I care about logos and I think they matter. I actually do think that it is a sign. I, I, I can't articulate it logically. It's a feeling, but I, I just feel it that it's a very bad sign for Google. Like to me, it's a sign that they've lost their way. And that, that, you know, I, I don't have money in Google. I don't have any money in any individual companies. But if I did, I would think very, very seriously about about selling my Google stock that I don't know. I think they might be in for some bad times ahead. And mm. it's not just the logo. It's the everything. It's like the fact that like Larry and Sergey, um, I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. I've been calling them pronouncing it a different way, but I got some e- some emails. Oh, oh, it, me. oh that's it's a hard G. Sergey, Sergey. Okay. I didn't know that that either. uh, That, you know, that they've, they've seemingly, I've been thinking about this alphabet reshuffling. And to me, as I think about it, I think what it really means is that those two guys who could do whatever they want, because A, they're filthy rich, B, the way that they, the ingenious way that they've structured the stock for the company, they can do whatever they want with the company. They don't have to answer to anybody, which is great. I, I, you know, I've always thought Steve Jobs must have looked at the way they set that up and thought, you know, goddamn! I wish I'd done something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that they've lost interest. They've lost interest in what Google, as we know it, is, and that they just they they want to do other things. You know, to me, that for Google, you know, whether the prospects for Alphabet are bad, I don't know. Maybe they've got some great new stuff up their sleeve, but for Google, as we know it, I feel like they're going into a decline. Yeah, they, I mean, in a way, because it seems like they're taking they're taking the stuff that they think is the long term growth stuff out of Google and right. putting it in other places. Right, and this and this logo change makes me feel that the people left it left at Google, you know, what is now just Google, uh, really don't they they don't get what Google what made Google great. They don't get it. I, I think because to me, this brand doesn't fit what the best of Google feels like. I mean, I was thinking. Well, I was thinking that it was that it was more dictated by Alphabet, maybe rather than done with internally to Google. But I mean, maybe they maybe they said to go out and design a new logo, or or maybe they said we have to 
make sure that the alphabet brand is all consistent and we're going in a different direction. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I, don't know. I, I think they've lost something that was pretty good and replaced it with something that's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, that's my thoughts yeah. on their logo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, I wouldn't. Go, I would not say that they have no taste, but <laughs> but I don't think their taste I, is as good as. I'm. As, they there are people in the and teams within the company with great taste. Institutionally, the company has no taste. That's what. That's my argument, and I think that it's a very strong argument. Anyway, let's take a break, and I'll tell you about okay. uh, a very good friend of the show, Harry's. You guys know Harry's. They sell high quality razors blades and uh other you know shaving lotions and creams at and shaving stuff uh and they sell it for a fraction of the price of the big brands they were started by two guys who just wanted to make a better product and figured there had to be a way to sell shaving uh stuff especially blades cheaper than what the big blade companies sell stuff for um so they started ordering uh blades from their own factory uh in germany they like the blade so much, they just bought the factory. Must be nice. Um, so they just own their own blade factory. They make their own blades in Germany, a place that's been making blades for a long time. Um, and then they ship them right to you. So there is no middleman. That's how they have the prices so much lower. So, you know, you buy like Gillette, it's, you know, going to warehouses and middlemen and distributors, and then it ends up in a retail store. And every step of the way, it all gets marked up. Um, their starter set, it's an amazing deal. 15 bucks, you get a razor, that's the handle. You get moisturizing shave cream or gel, your preference, whether you want a cream or a gel, and three razor blades, 15 bucks. And when you need more blades, um, depending on how many you buy them at, they're always two bucks or each less. So like the, an eight pack, which is like a small one, it's just 15 bucks, but you can get a 16 pack, 25 bucks. Uh, way, way better. Uh, uh, I think on Amazon, the last time I checked here, it says a 12-pack of uh, Fusions from Gillette, which is very comparable. I think it's uh, it's actually the blade I used to use before I switched to Harry's. Uh, they have a 12-pack for 41 bucks. So that's Amazon, who you know is not getting undercut on price. So way more. It's like 3 bucks a blade, more than 3 bucks a blade uh, for Gillette's, less than 2 bucks a blade for Harry's. So if you're looking to, if you're just looking to save money, Harry's is the way to go. If you care about design, Harry's is also the way to go. Really nice packaging. Uh, I've always said this. Uh, their packaging is so nice, it makes me not want to throw it away. And then I realized that that's the crazy, that, that's just the crazy hoarder. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> as I, <laughs> But I know exactly, I mean, I have Harry's stuff from that. I know exactly what you mean. It's, as so, I, it's really well done. As I stare to my left in my office here and look at the stack of old Apple <laughs> laptops. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like eight old power books. I've got iBooks. They're all stacked up. That's what I feel like when I get Harry's. I almost curse them for the quality of their packaging. So if you care about design, Harry's is the way to go. If you care about just being uh, cheap, Harry's is the way to go. Uh, if you care about quality shave, so you're not like cutting yourself up and you know making a mess of your face, Harry's is the way to go. Their blades are super sharp, really great. Uh, and if you care about just being lazy, it's the way to go because you don't even have to leave your house. They just show up and you can, if you want to, you can even like tell them how often you need to replace your blades and just subscribe and they'll just send them to you on a regular basis. So you lose, you win, I mean, every way. 
Uh, so go there to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. And if it's your first purchase, use this code, talk show. They don't have the the, it's just talk show. And you'll save five bucks off your first purchase. So that $15 kit I was telling you about is only 10 bucks. So it's practically free. Um, so go there and check them out at harrys.com. And remember the code talk show. My notes here are confusing. I don't know. It says, and then, and then down below here, it says promo code, the talk show. So I don't even know what the hell the code is. <laughs> Try them both. And one of, one of them will give you. <laughs> one of them will, right. If you don't get money yeah. off, try again. <laughs> it's actually a fun and then try Gru- And then try Gruber. Yeah. Then- <laughs> uh, what else is going on? So we got this Google logo thing out of the way. I guess we'll talk. Let's talk about the do, event because that maybe that. Do you want to? Well, do you want to do that, or do you want to talk about speaker? Because on no taste, we could talk about the Samsung watch. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah, which I, I actually think I actually think looks really nice. Um, but I wrote a piece about the difference between square watch faces and round watch faces, and I kind of think that square watch faces are actually more the way of the future than round watch faces oh i got the article i did not even know you wrote this piece this is nice yeah i'll put that in the show notes i'm gonna link that up all right so tell me why do you think that well i not and again i (laughs) you had you had the guy who's not a designer on um but (laughs) from the things that i've read from people who are actually designers it's just it's it's certainly easier to code for a square face and get and but also a square face is better at representing most information that's not to say that there aren't certain instances where a round um, depiction of something is not more valuable than a square one. It's just saying that you can you can easily more easily get a circle into a square than the other way around. You can get a circle into a square without losing any size. Yeah. Whereas you cannot get a square into a circle without losing size. Yeah, that's a I, that is exactly what I have thought. Um, well. Would I have been shocked if a year ago, and it would have been like exactly a year ago, uh, as we talk, that if you know when they unveiled the Apple Watch, if it had been circular, I guess I wouldn't have been shocked. I, I, but I wasn't surprised at all that Apple's was rectangular, mm-hmm. um, because of that exact thing that it's yeah. uh, for for gen, uh, generic display that might end up displaying anything, including, and I think especially today's Apple post app store and iPhone Apple realizes that the Apple watch was, if it's successful would end up being used in ways that they'd never imagined. Right. That's right. the, that's like the big lesson of, of the iPhone to me is, you know, that there was this, uh, you know, this whole internal debate, I think Ben Thompson and I were talking about in the last episode that it's just so funny that there was a camp within the company that was sort of like, we don't need an app store. You know, we'll, we'll just make all the apps we need ourselves and partner with companies, you know, like Google for the YouTube app and the Google maps app that shipped on the first iPhone. We'll just partner with people and we'll, we'll make all the apps that we need for this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, like, for example, I do think that Apple foresaw that there would have, you know, right away that there would be a second screen of apps. You know, I think that they had the idea that you'd page, between, you know, from the left to the right, you know, sure. to get to more apps. I think, though, that there was a side within the company that thought, you know, that'll be... You know, there, there'll all be our apps. Yeah, there'll be, like, yeah. 20, 24 apps for the iPhone, and <laughs> it'll be great. 
uh, and the and that safari or safari was the outlet for it. You know that I I, I actually think that you know that when they announced that at the first WWDC that we have a sweet solution a sweet for solution. you guys, I, I think that they meant it. I, I I think there were some people within the company who wanted you know definitely were pushing for the App Store angle. You know who 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 cringed at that just like all the developers in the audience watching the keynote did but i think that some of them thought this you know that's that's good enough for like you know and i think they foresaw things like you know like well you do your online banking on your phone well you know they'll just write a, a website that works that fits right on the screen um so i think you know now low these many years later and all these literally millions of apps and all the money they're making on the apps they realize, hey, the phone is being used in ways we never imagined. I think they knew going into it with the watch that it would be used in ways they didn't imagine. And I think a rectangle is a better generic shape than a circle mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. And and the thing, one of the things that struck me, even just like while I was writing this piece was that, because I, I went back and looked at all the old watches that I had lying around. And, and, and I guess that came out when, because I was using a circular watch face and I switched to modular which I like and don't like, but I like it because it's got a lot of extra information on it. And the, the, the problem that I had was like, I wanted a watch face with a date on it. Mm. And I also wanted a watch face that I could get the most complications on. And the way you do that, and most of them is by putting the date inside the watch face. Yeah. Well, most of those are too small for me to read because I'm <laughs> too old for it now. And the other thing is that five minutes out of every hour you can't read the the date anyway because the hand the minute hand is covering it yeah i've thought the same thing yeah and and that's and that's sort of like it was interesting how i went back and looked at those old watches and thought yeah i mean that's kind of a thing that i've struggled with for years really and never really thought much about but i mean you can with a watch with physical hands the minute hand is always the one that's higher so you can kind of tilt to see around it in mm. order to uh, see what the date is. Uh, but it, it's even worse on like a chronograph because it's got all those extra things on there that are on the face, but they get covered up at odd parts of the, you know, yeah. <laughs> parts of the hour and become difficult to use. Hmm. So all that stuff is just adding information to a watch with a circular face and trying to put it inside that circle becomes really difficult. Yeah. And uh, the modular face, why, while I don't like certain things about it, it just displays all the information. And, and there is like a psychological uh, angle to it, too. Like the way that everybody, you know, the famous, uh, the adage that, you know, if you drop a slice of butter toast, it's always going to land butter side down. It's because mm-hmm. that's what you remember is the time that it did that. It just seems <laughs> like it's more than more often than not when I want to check the date, it's quarter after. It just, it's like, oh my God, it's, well, how do, how come every time I want to check the date, it's quarter after and I can't see the date? What the hell? What? And that's not true. It's just that all the other times I check the date, I don't remember that. But the mm-hmm. times that I is blocked, I remember. And then it's, it just feels like it's always quarter after. Right. Know? Right. <laughs> just like when you play blackjack, it seems like I always get 16. That's all I remember. Every only, goddamn hand. You only I, ever get 16. All I ever get are 16s. And the dealer gets a blackjack every goddamn time. Every time. How is that possible? It's unreal. Yeah. So that is true. And I think that too, it it also, it stinks. It, it, no, it doesn't stink. It sticks out with the Apple Watch even more because when it happens, you realize that you have the option of 
changing to a different face that it fixes it. You know, like if you buy an analog watch and the date gets covered up when it's quarter after, you might be annoyed, but you don't think, well, I could spend 10 seconds here and change the watch face and, and fix this problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas with the Apple watch, you, you know, it's always an option to switch to a different face where you right. don't have that problem. Yeah. And so that Samsung watch, the Galaxy, the gear S two yeah. is a very nice looking circular faced smartwatch. Yeah. Um, but I feel, I still feel like the circular face is the wrong UI. Yeah. I think it's or design, uh, but maybe not catastrophically. You know, like maybe that's not necessarily going to limit the success of those watches. But I do think, you know, I there and there are some people that this is a funny little uh, side topic, this square versus round thing. Um, there's a fair number of people who I've seen, you know, either in email or on Twitter, uh, you know, communicating with me that that are predicting that Apple will eventually go circular because circular, you know, circular watches look better. People who look at the Apple watch and say, I, don't, I just don't like it looks like a you know it looks too nerdy to me because it's square apple's got you know they're going to go circular eventually and i don't think that's going to happen i don't think that's going to happen either but i think it would be and i think it'd be way too hard now of course apple changes things all the time and they're never really all that worried about making developers do more work (laughs) i mean they're not and they shouldn't be you know if they were they it would actually slow them down and in the long run in the short run, it's always it's never good if you're making if they make changes that make developers do more work. Like the uh, the big change in iOS seven, where the you know pretty much every single app other than games had to redo their entire user interface, or else they would look bad. Um, that's you know that's a lot to ask. Every hey, all of you <laughs> with all of your apps have to redo all of entirety of your user interface. That's a lot to ask, but it's the right move going forward rather than stick with something that's, you know, going to be outdated. Still waiting for a new icon from Instagram. <laughs> there. <laughs> they redid the interface, right? I just, I really but wonder. No I wonder icon, no icon I, change. I would love to hear what, what what the argument inside the company is on that cuz it their icon does <laughs> Really, They're just stick being out. just being dicks at this point, and you, it's not hard to imagine. Uh, just and I know flat is a, a overused term, but just flatten the goddamn thing, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right. It could be the same colors. Even. Yeah, same colors. Just I think it would move look... the move the drop shadow. Right. <laughs> just deforestall it. Uh, yeah, I I do think the new the 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 new Samsung. I'm going to get it wrong. I on Twitter the other day I called it the G2. It's not the G2, it's the S2. S2. Gear yeah. S2. I'm just going to yeah. call it the Samsung which watch, t- which is a t- not a great name. <laughs> I actually here's a case where I wish that they just cap- copied Apple and just called it Samsung watch. Uh, yeah. cuz that's it, it, but then I could yeah. remember the name. But anyway, it 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 you know, I, and I was, you know, pretty complimentary to it when mm-hmm. I linked to it. I, I you know, and people, people who I saw people, a few people said, I'm sur- I was surprised to see you be complimentary to it. And to me, that it's like I'm never trying to be against Samsung or against Google. I'm saying what I really think, and what I really think about most Samsung products is that they they're you know derivative crap. Uh, so therefore, it seems as though I'm against Samsung because I keep saying it, but it's because they keep putting out what I see as derivative crap, and then they yes. put out something that to me is interesting and original and looks pretty good. And so I said, you know, it's interesting and and original looks pretty good. They yeah. did copy a few things from the Apple Watch, right? That that round. I mean, it's they, they, with their system though. It's apps instead of uh, 
contacts, right? Yeah, yeah. It looks so, like it looks like the context thing that that comes up when you hit the button on the side of the Apple Watch, except it's actually apps. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, did you see the interface? It, uh, I couldn't find a better place to link to it, but there's just a couple seconds of it in the Verge's video where they show what it, when you, when you, they don't call them complications. I forget what they call them. They came up with a new word for complications, but whatever they call the complications on their watch faces that are user adjustable. When you go into the edit mode, it is exactly like Apple Watch. Oh, okay. Like there's a little, <laughs> there's, not- there's dots at the top to, that you yeah. can swipe between which thing you're editing when you're like changing the uh like the color of the second hand it highlights in the same color and there's even they even like use like the same all caps in a round wreck thing that says like color it, it if you look for it it is it's yeah. just exactly they like they're it, they, it could not be more of a copy mm-hmm. um kind of embarrassing for them but yeah but in terms of outward appearance, for the most part, it does not look yeah like anything like it, and and that that the what do they call it the the bezel the bezel yeah the rotating bezel as a you know thing that changes the interface is is a really good idea yeah it it seems like it and and by all reports from people who've had a hands on with it it has a good feel to it which mm-hmm. is important it's it, you know it's funny it's 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 actually like talking about this is exactly why I like having a podcast. And because I almost feel like even if I had gone really long writing about it, uh, it it would be so much easier just to talk about it, which is that I want to say I wanted to say, look, they copied a few little things, but overall, it's, you know, it's it's mostly an original design and kudos and and a good one and kudos to them for that. But I didn't want to mention the little things that they'd copied because then people would say, you know, how can you call this a copy? Right, that the yeah. you know it's round instead of square. How can you say it's a it's a ripoff? And I'm you know I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they did steal a few things, but everybody does that. I so like I yeah. don't even think it's worth complaining about in the way that like Apple will steal things, you know, like Command right. Tab, which yep. was a Windows you know invention. So taking little good ideas from the other guys is okay. It's it's the you know when you wholesale copy the whole <laughs> entire right. thing. <laughs> Right. When you get Phil Schiller on the stand in a court case and he, and they hold up a thing and he says, I can't tell if they that's... They can't tell, can't tell the difference. If that's ours or his. And it's like, you know damn well you can tell yeah. if they're ours. <laughs> but but one, I, one, of the, one of the other things I liked about it was that it it kind of, more so than any of the other, any of the Android Wear watches, uh, and then I know this one's based on Tizen, but that it has a good sense of what it is. Yeah, there's, there's like two of them. Yeah. There's like two levels, right? And one yeah. of them looks like a to me like a swatch, which is not a cut down. Um, and the other one looks like a good, like eighty dollar or ninety hundred something like that, sort yeah. of a mid range um, watch. And I'm sure they probably cost more because they have they have more features. They should cost more. Uh, and it just, but we don't still don't know how much they're going to cost. But they didn't like the. To me, the the Motorola just looks flat out terrible. The three Motorola three hundred and sixty just looks terrible because it's just a cylinder cut off with like yeah. little prongs on the end to attach a a band yeah. to. And then the other one that's a big Android Wear watch is the the horribly named LG one, the oh yeah, yeah. Watcher Bane, um, yeah. which looks like it's trying to be a fancy watch, but it looks like it's made out of cheap materials. Is that the um, one that has numbers printed around the bezel, like hardware printed around the bezel? I or no? don't think so. No, no. There's one that has like thirty, like fifteen, thirty, forty-five, 
around the outside, which oh, really? to me is really weird on a <laughs> that is on, very strange on a smartwatch. Yeah, like it's I know why it's there because you're using it to tell time most of the time, but it just seems like a weird. It just seems weird that it's printed yeah. on the hardware instead of doing it on the screen. But that's the one that people, mo- uh, the LG one is the one that people most point to and say, or had up to yeah. date pointed to and said, that looks like a real watch. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, you know, there there have been square watches before. <laughs> and also it looks like a real crappy watch to me. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. this one looks like a good, like maybe, you know, somewhat more casual, not super fancy, but like a good watch. Yeah. It's it's funny because I feel like in my experience, you really do have to see any watch in person to truly get a sense of the size. Like seeing a photograph of it mm-hmm. on somebody's wrist just doesn't really work. Although if it's if it's huge enough, like the original Moto 270, it, you can tell just by looking at the picture that it's humongous. Yeah. But then when you look at it in real life, you're like, oh, my God, it's even bigger than I thought. Yeah. Um, but that said... The numbers of the, the, I think the Samsung, there's two sizes, 40 and 42. Um, and 40, 40 millimeters is really a standard size for a watch today. Mm-hmm. Like the old standard for men's watches, older, you know, like going back decades, was more like 36 millimeters. Um, but 40 is pretty standard. Um, and, you know, obviously comparable roughly to Apple's 42. Um, it is interesting to me that even a year later, even Samsung can't yet match Apple on the 38. Because um, yeah. I, I do think one of the problems with the Samsung one. So I think the Samsung one totally credible just as like a piece of jewelry on a man's wrist. Uh, and uh, to me, it's the first, first one that's not the Apple Watch that, that qualifies for that, really. I don't, I, even the LG one, I don't really think looks that good. I don't. Um, uh, I still don't think, though, that the Samsung one, even the smaller one, I don't think it's going to be uh, something that women would wear. I just don't think it. I don't think it's small enough yet. And I think Samsung kind of knows it because I don't think any of the bands that they've done look like they're targeted at women. Hmm. That's not to say no women will buy. Yeah, it, I mean, you know? yeah, right. And right. watches it's, are a funny thing. Whereas an awful lot of like different styles. Lots yeah. Of, yeah, I've seen lots of women wear like big chunky watches well and look at the apple watch there's an awful lot of the you know especially the most popular ones like the sport the sport ones are you know unisex you know i I think you know you could argue that the pink band is you know probably if you know uh, more feminine um but i would say uh, other than the pink all of the other colors even the black are are unisex you know I, i wouldn't say that you know that there's really any kind of gender towards that I think that the the link bracelet is probably, you know, to me looks masculine. Um, but most of the other ones I think are unisex. But I think Samsung's with the like the leather and stuff like that, I I think they look like men's watches. Just in general. Yeah, yeah, I mean well I would say I would say that a man would be more likely to like it than than a woman, yeah. which is not, yeah, not to make a flat out <laughs> blanket statement. Uh, so an interesting thing that I was not aware of, somebody on Twitter pointed out to me that, that the fact that they're using Tizen instead of Android Wear um, opens up China to them. And that Android Wear apparently is not, there's no, Android Wear watches aren't available in China. And I, I could be wrong here. This is just going from a guy on Twitter. And I asked him to clarify. <laughs> and he said that, um, I, I did know that this was true, that, you know, how like with Android, 
Android, uh, you know, Samsung takes Android from Google. And, you know, if they agree to such and such, they can have these Google apps built in, but they still get to customize the interface with, you know, what do they call it? TouchWiz. Um, you know, and they can add their own apps and stuff. Android Wear, there is no option to do that. Like Android Wear, you get Android oh. Wear and you do it. I think you can like, you can add custom faces, but that's about it. Like you can't, you disentangle can't put your, your own apps in there. Yeah, and it's like, and that's a problem in China because in China, uh, I guess all the Android phones are all you know instead of having Google search and stuff like that, they've all got the the Chinese equivalents. Um, right. Uh, so that's interesting because I've heard China's a big market. Now the the Apple Watch is on, definitely on sale in China. Yeah, well, but that's somehow you know, uh, you know. That's just Apple being yeah. Apple. Yeah. Right. Right. I think that I I guess I don't even know. It got me thinking about it. Like, does if you're in China with an iPhone, I guess that the App Store has different apps. I mean, I don't even know how that how how that works. I've never really thought about that. But with the way that China, you know, has the the Great Firewall for Internet access, uh, how does the App Store work in China? I actually I should probably do some research on this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably all brush up on how things work in China. Yeah, if anybody probably, out there knows, probably should have done that five years ago. If anybody out there knows, send me an email and explain this to me. I would love to hear about it, but yeah. uh, it seems very confusing to me. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, interested by your article, but I, I do think Samsung did a good job with the, the S two. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing it got me thinking about too, and I've mentioned this on Daring Fireball, but the watch. And this kind of leads into the next topic, which is next week and what we expect. But, and, you know, talking about Apple TV. Um, but the thing that's so weird about these smartwatches is the way that they're all, um, and I, I think eventually they'll, they'll be independent and they'll just have their own internet access. But the way that everybody's, whether it's Apple's or Android's or Tizen, uh, is tied to the phone, a phone that it's paired with to get its, you know, most mm -hmm. of its information and apps and stuff like that, um, that people don't really have a choice here. Like if it's really, do you want to get a smartwatch or not? And if you do, you know, you're, you're on one side of the fence. You're only going to get, you can only use an Apple watch if you're, if your phone is an iPhone and, right. you know, and I you guess can you know, use, you can use an Android wear now on, on, on the, on the iPhone, but you're, it's very, but, very unlikely. I mean, that's, yes. it's, yes. Who I I just can't imagine how many people would do that, right? It's very unlikely. Yeah, um, and supposedly I guess Samsung was quoted recently as saying that they're they're going to try and bring it the Tizen watch to the yeah, iPhone as well. Why, why bother? I honestly uh, I don't. Know. I would like to try one. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I would it's be true. I would be interested in trying. You know, depending on how much it costs, but I would. All right. I might pick up the low end one and give it a try. Yeah, I would do that, but that's just me being. Yeah. Right stupid i mean I, I shouldn't even call it stupid i could totally justify it as a business expense that i might write about same reason that i bought right. the pebble you know i paid for both generations of pebble just so i could speak about them intelligently knowing going in that it was almost certain that i wasn't going to actually wear it wear regularly it. right um but i just think it makes it so you know interesting and a little sad because i do wish i wish that they were independent so that i could just spend because i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that the samsung one is like 300 to 400 dollars that's what I'm going to guess. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe yeah. up to five, but probably not. I just don't see how they could justify it. Do you no, see I wouldn't. Th I wouldn't think it's that much. I wouldn't yeah. think it's that much. I was wondering if it might be a little bit cheaper, like two fifty. 
Yeah. Um, did you see? With the, I know you mentioned this too in your article that the, there's a new Moto, new generation of Moto 360s. They're still, they're still two seventies. Even a year later, they've still got the, the flat tire design. <laughs> I thought you made a mistake earlier. I get it now. <laughs> when you called it a two seventy. Oh, I've been doing that for all. I've been okay. doing that all year. Right. I, I, <laughs> I think the, I really want everybody. The, I wish that they had just renamed it the Moto two seventy. Uh, <laughs> It is smaller, um, but did you notice that they've come out? And again, I wouldn't call this copying Apple, but it's come out with a real, a very large variety of colors and bands and straps, you know, to choose from. Um, I I wouldn't say that that's ripping off Apple at all, because you know that's just you know that's. But it's just interesting to me, though, that Apple defined this that aspect of the smartwatch right away. You know, yeah. that, that the way to go is to be, you know, to have, you know. Get in all the accessories. Right. And cover of uh, uh, a reasonable range of styles. Which is interesting that they, they because they have never done that with the iPhone particularly. No. Or the, or the iPad. They, they'll, make, they'll make a couple of cases and that's it. Yeah. yeah. I, guess they have, I guess they have a few, they have a few iPads phone cases now don't they they have like a leather one and a plastic one yeah but they but don't they, yeah but it's not a big deal it's not it's nowhere near as, as no and they have lots of watch bands now and that's one of the things that may be coming next week is more yeah. more bands yeah well i one thing i do notice like so for example i saw a ton of iphones yesterday just because there was a uh, like a huge free music festival this weekend here in in Philly. It's uh, like Jay Z and Beyonce, and the, it's like the Budweiser Made in America Fest or something. I mean, like seriously, like hundreds of thousands of people out on our Parkway. Uh, and of course, I did not go <laughs> go to it, <laughs> but I went for a run yesterday, and I thought, well, I'm going to go. You know, that there that gives me like a target. Uh, you know, a couple of miles, and I can go up there and check it out. And it, you know thousands i mean just thousands of people were heading towards it and you know lots and lots of people uh with their phones out um and i just it just struck me yesterday that you know every it just seems like almost everybody has a phone uh, or an iphone and uh i could tell you know you can always tell from the camera placement if it's an iphone because the iphone's the only one that has it up in the corner um and that everybody has a case and that i I don't think I saw anybody with the same case as each other. Like, I think if I had taken a picture of every single person I saw with an iPhone and it would have been dozens and dozens of people, um, that no two people have the same case, you know, it's Mm. tons of variety there. And I kind of feel like that's a less, I feel like Apple has sort of embraced that. I, and the more I think about it as the years gone on, like, um, that that's why the camera bump is there. That's why they were willing to live with it. Cause they realized that most people, um, we're going to use it in a case anyway. And so the camera bump doesn't matter. Yeah. Even though for people like me, it breaks my heart every single day. <laughs> the camera bump? Yeah, every day. There's not a day, single, not a single day has gone by in the last year that I have, it has not occurred to me, at least at some point when my finger has encountered that bump, that, ugh, <laughs> this is gross. Wow. Huh. Every day. I could feel like I've gotten used to it. No, I, don't feel, I, don't, I don't feel like I give it too much of a thought. Oh. Well, I, but I, and you don't, you don't use a case, right? No, I've never used yeah. a case. Um, months ago, for months, I thought, like last year, I thought, well, that's something that they could fix next year with the success. Cause 
even with the S year where they don't really change the physical design, clearly, surely they could just make the camera flush with the back. But now I'm thinking I'm not expecting it next week. It's funny because it's, you know, it's the way that I, I obsess over these tiny little details that, that most people don't. It's, it's like the main thing I'm curious about for next week is whether or not the new phones will have a bump. I think they probably will because <laughs> I, I think, think yeah. that they've, I think that they've kind of given into the fact that most people use the phone in a case. Well, I mean, but isn't isn't the reason there's a bump simply physics? Yeah, yeah, it's it, but they, you know, you know, so they in order to get the right focal length, right? They right. Need to, it, has to be, it has to be a certain depth, and they because they want the phone to be thinner. At some point, the camera has to stick out. Well, or that, or they if it didn't stick out, it would be a, a, a crappier a, camera, right? It would be a less visually, you know, what would be the word? It would be a worse camera, right? You know, at some point, you know, but they could make it stick out more and have it be better. So, yeah. <laughs> it, I think it should. I think it should be telescoping. Right. I I think that the old Apple. I think prior to last year, I think that the it was just non negotiable though that it was going to be flush and that they would. You know, here's how thick we'll make it with, you know, and taking all these factors into how thick the thing is going to be, how strong it is, how much battery they need, how, how can, you know, I, I think how thick an iPhone is, is probably, you know, an, an incredibly complex equation. Oh, sure. It's not like they just decide it's all of these factors, how strong it is, is it going to, you know, is it going to bend famously? Um, And, you know, how good, how good will the camera be? And I think it's, you know. I think before though they'd come to some conclusion and then they would make the best camera that would fit in that flush. Whereas mm-hmm. last year they you know said we can make it this thin but then the camera's going to kind of be crap and they like, you know, took a shot of whiskey and <laughs> 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 I just imagined it. I just imagined that Johnny Ive really he had to take a Oh yeah. He had to take like a that. stiff had to take a stiff drink to not, to, to not like being told that yeah. <laughs> physics is the way it was. Uh, uh, Let's take a break, uh, and then we'll talk about yeah, it next week. Okay, because uh, uh, I have to tell you about my good friends at uh, Fracture. These guys keep coming back, keep sponsoring the show, and the reason is that people keep buying pictures from them, and that's great. Uh, these are the guys you guys know it. I know everybody's li- unless you're a new listener, you know who Fracture is. Um, they're a service you send your digital photos to them, and they print them directly on glass. Uh, not really on the front of the glass. It's actually behind the glass, but it's an incredibly thin piece of glass. Uh, all sorts of sizes, ranging from little desktop ones, little square ones, to big uh, 23 by 29 ones, which is a really, really big size. Really, really thin piece of glass. They print your image on the back of it so it shines through, but it's so thin, it really does look like it's on the surface of the glass. Um and and again, it's like that same effect as like when Apple started laminating the the iPhone displays to the touchscreen to the glass, where it no longer looked like pixels under glass; it looked like pixels on the glass. That's exactly what these fractured prints look like. Really, really neat effect. Um, but also, and I, I'm stealing this from uh, Marco's read on an ATP recently, and he I, I didn't really think about this until Marco said it. But because their glass is so thin, their pictures are super super lightweight. Um, and I've noticed that with the ones we have in our house too. It's like usually with like a, a reasonably sized picture and the frame and everything, it's a big heavy thing on the wall. And, you know, I know there's, you know, you get the special things you tap in the wall and it's, you know, it, it all, every time I hang, used to hang pictures, I used to think this is never, <laughs> this is never going <laughs> to 
and, and I'm not handy. So it's like, I feel like, you know, I, I'm going to have to call someone then when there's, you know, the yeah. picture collapses oh. and takes out a big chunk of the wall. I we, never, get, we get earthquakes out here too. So yeah. We you got a it. real thing. The fractures, they're so lightweight. I never have to worry. I never, I, I have a bunch of them hanging around the house and I realized that they're the only pictures I've ever hung where I've haven't walked, stepped away from it thinking I'm going to watch this fall in 10 seconds. Uh, really, really lightweight. It's, just great. I it, it's so great that if you've ever tried this, you're never gonna. It, it occurred to me, and I, I really do believe this. You're never ever going to hang your own photographs by printing it on paper and then putting them in a frame again. You're never going to use anything but fracture, uh, and, and it solves so many other problems too. Another problem I have: like you go to IKEA and buy a frame and you put a picture in there. I never get the damn picture to sit. So that <laughs> when you close the thing up and you put all the clasps in, and it just drops a little bit. And you see like a piece of the backing behind the the thing in there, I, or your thumb, or your thumbprints on the inside of the glass. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Like the old way of doing it, I've I was I've been thinking about this lately because I've been trying to think of new things to say about fracture, and that's another one. It's like the old way of doing it, where you have a picture that's printed out and you put it in a frame. It's a huge pain in the ass. It's an enormous yeah. pain in the ass. Fracture solves all of these problems. So anytime you need to print a picture. Uh, just go to fracture. It's I can't even see why you would do anything else. Now, here's the other thing. You can uh, what's the code for? I don't even know. The goddamn notes don't have a code, but uh, I could probably find it. I'll bet they've sponsored the show recently. I'll just go to my website. Uh, probably the talk show. What do you think? Uh, what's your guess? Right. That would be my. That would be my guess. No, nope. seems like most. Da- no, no, no. Oh. Daring Fireball. Oh, okay. <laughs> We should just make it a game. Let's make it a game for all these sponsors what the code is. Well, anyway, uh, use that code, Daring Fireball, when you go to Fracture. FractureMe.com is their URL. Go there. Use that code when you print your pictures out, and you will save 15% off your first order. Uh, I, I really do mean this in complete sincerity. Even if they never sponsored my show again, I, I can't imagine why anybody else would, why you would ever print a photo any other way to hang on, on your wall than to go to Fracture. It's that good and that easy. So my thanks to them. Go go buy some pictures. Uh, all right. We, what else we got? We got next week. Should we talk about next, next week? week? Or, so, well, it's, which is techn- technically this this week. Technically right? this week. Um, so in a couple of days, I, I will be flying to California uh, and Apple is having an event. It's we- it's Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday. It's a Wednesday event, which is uh, yeah. I oh, it's easy to figure out why. I I I I did. I'm not smart until somebody else told me this. But it's because they didn't want to make people fly on uh, Labor Day. It Apple right. loves us. Uh, we in the media so much. They have sweet. so much respect <laughs> for me that they wanted to make sure I got a complete three day weekend. <laughs> To you know, relax from my backbreaking <laughs> schedule, uh, so that I didn't have to fly on Monday, and I guess presumably so that Apple themselves wouldn't have to work. You know, I don't. Know, I, I'm going to guess that most of the people involved in this event are probably pretty busy this weekend. That they're not really relaxing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, which is kind of which probably stinks, right? I mean, like school starts for us this week. Yeah, same here. Oh, I think I had a thing in California it started already, though. Yeah, I think it started. I think it started last week because somebody I mentioned that to somebody else, and and they said no, school started last week. Yeah, and there are a lot of places in Pennsylvania now that start and started last week too, which is crazy to me. I, I there are a lot of places that start in August, which to me is just seems criminal. Yeah, yeah. 
Although, I mean, this year, Labor Day is really late. Yeah, it is really late. So which is, starting after Labor Day is kind of yeah. like... But they're like, also, I, I guess, too, you know, you know what it might be? It might be, too, that um, I, I would not be surprised one bit if this facility that the place is has, you know, some kind of union workers that, you know, you know, cannot be, you know, have to get off for Labor Day. Yeah. And that they need, you know, they definitely need to, have, to be in there doing stuff the day before. So anyway, yeah. it's all because of Labor Day. Thanks, Labor Day. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. All right. Uh, so one of the things that might, uh, that might, okay. So new phones, right? New phones are a sure thing. I yes. think that, you know, that there's the surest thing in the universe regarding this event. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark Gurman says they might actually be thicker. Yeah. Slightly, just slightly, maybe for most people imperceptibly thicker. Yeah, I think that that's. I think he's not even alone in reporting that. A lot of the stuff that's come out, goddamn kid has some sources. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> although some of them, it's weird. It's weird who some of his sources are. Like what they. Uh, I I I know him well enough, and I do trust him. I think every single word he writes is true, but that doesn't mean that all the things he says are going to happen are going to happen. Like he's always, you know, he'll say that you know, like. Uh, that he he gave away the name of the the force touch screen that it's the 3D touch screen that's what they're going to call it but that his source and this is just like yesterday or the day before but his sources said you know that, that it could change well it's like i i believe him that somebody within apple told him that that at some point they were thinking about calling it the 3D touch screen or whatever he says they're going to call it mm-hmm. but if his source really knew they would, you know, today, you know, like five days before the event, they would say they would know it for a fact. You know what I mean? So, like, what he wrote is exactly true that it could be, it could come out with another name, but that at some point that's it's what not, they were thinking about. But that yeah. just, you know, but it's not surprising. But it's, not, it's not changing in between the time that the article is being published and the time of the announcement. Yeah. They're not changing. They're not changing the name behind the scenes and then running out and sanding it off of. Right, <laughs> a bunch of boxes or whatever. <laughs> Reprinting a bunch of uh, yeah, three D. He says they're going to call it the three D touch display, which you know seems reasonable because it's you know got some kind of force. Yeah, it's one of the, and it's yeah, it's a technology that not everybody is. Yeah. Well, although I mean, I guess I guess it's giving it. You know, if it's a feature that's just, you know one of the we're on the talk here, right? And so they yeah. have to play up whatever they add to in order to get people to. To go with that phone yeah so the force touch aspect of it actually becomes a big deal yeah yeah and the yeah. technology behind it becomes the kind of thing that you use to sell the 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 idea yeah. of okay you, you can touch on things and you get like a added functionality by di- the different ways you press on them yeah um I think, though, it's interesting, and he has a couple of, you know, he's written about it before, and, you know, a couple of ideas that you, you know, clearly somebody who's seen what they're tinkering with has spilled this to him, you know, that that if you force touch on an icon on the home screen, that you'll get, like, a menu of options of what to do with the app, you know, that, you know, or that you could jump to something within the app. So you could, like, just on the home screen, force touch. This is an example that, that German gave you. Force touch on the phone app. And you'll get an option that would let you jump right to voicemail, so you don't have to launch the app. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's actually even easier, but 
anyway, that's what he says. But he doesn't really have a lot though about what they're going to do with Force Touch. What it's going to how it's going to work, yeah. Yeah, and it's I you know, uh, it's just interesting how far down the chain, you know, his sources are because somebody within Apple knows all, everything about it and they I think that they've done actually a reasonably good job of keeping that under wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it hasn't there hasn't been any I you know, no screenshots, no Anything. So German has said, though, that it's both because they're, you know, Apple's using this force stuff in different ways, right? Like um, on the MacBooks, it's a physical thing where you you press it and it gives you this false false sensation that there's a physical click. Um, On Mm. the watch, it doesn't feel like it clicks, it's just. It, it it uses the, the vibration. Yeah, it uses the taptic engine, but it doesn't feel like yeah. the screen clicks. It feels like the watch no, itself you're is feeling it. Right. Yeah, it it's, just gives you a tap, but it doesn't feel like the screen clicks. Um, I I wonder, you know, which way, and it doesn't seem clear to me from the rumors. And I'm glad. I'm kind of excited to find out how it works. Like which way the phones are going to work. Is it just going to be like? Once in a while, you force tap, and the phone will give you a vibration to let you know that, yes, that registered as a phone tap, which is, I think, what's more likely um, because it seems simpler. Or is it going to be more like the MacBook keyboard where when you click buttons on the screen, it feels like the screen is clicking where you tapped it? Yeah. Which would be kind of amazing. But I'm almost like, that's what I'm hoping for, but I almost feel like... That's what I would hope for, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I'm, I'm hoping, you know you know to hit the lottery you know what i mean like i don't i don't feel like that's a, a realistic hope a realistic hope yeah well that may be and i wonder if that if the thickness is related to that screen or if the thickness is is more battery well but the the rumor and again you know we're all dependent on german here but i think it was german at least who says that the batteries are actually smaller hmm now that could just you know that they're actually fewer Physically megawatt small. hours. Yeah, and oh few, oh oh, we actually need less power. Yeah, slightly. Whatever that. What's the metric for batteries? Megawatt hours, whatever it is. Uh, sounds, you know, sounds right. But I th- can't those remember. numbers that are like in the eighteen hundred, two thousand yeah. range, that they're actually a little smaller in both phones. But that could be though. You could be the same thing that to fit the forced screen in there and whatever else they're fitting in, left less room for battery. Mm-hmm. So they made it a little thicker so they could at least like if they hadn't made it thicker, then the battery would even be smaller than the actual <laughs> decrease that they're going to do. Right. Yeah. They, they had to decrease the battery because of whatever else they're putting in there. And if they hadn't made it a little thicker, they would have had to make it even more of a drop. Yeah. Are are you in the, the more battery camp? Because there, there was a big sort of, uh, surge of people within the last year who were saying enough with making them thinner, just make the battery last longer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think if they asked me, I would rather have the iPhone seven, um, not decrease. And in fact, here, I'm just looking at nine to five Mac. There's actually a report here. This is not a German. It's they're reporting on, um, Ming Chi Kuo who knows, you know, he's a, the KGI analyst over in mm-hmm. Asia who who's had pretty good supply chain uh, sources. He says that next year's phone, which, you know, would according to plans be, or, or to tradition be the iPhone seven is going to be as thin as the iPhone t- iPod touches. That's actually wow. been, that's actually been the case all along. I, it, it maybe not exactly to the 10th of a millimeter, but at least in general, 
every you know the way that uh, after the first round the the well, actually even from the original even the original iPod touch was thinner than the iPhone iPhones have always gotten next generation iPhones have always been as thick as the iPod touches that came out before like the current iPhone 6 is as thin as the uh, the iPod touch and so when the iPod touch the, the current design came out you know the one that originally came with the wristband uh wrist strap attachment um that was when uh the iPhone 5 came out and i remember i've said this before it was i remember it was the so the iPhone 5 came out and was really nice i think it's still like my favorite hardware design um really really nice but it came out alongside those iPod touches and i remember uh, at the press event i was hanging around with MG Siegler and we the the table with the iPhones was super crowded, three deep. Everybody wanted to, and and these people on a deadline at these events are always they're I don't know they're very rude in my opinion. But the, everybody <laughs> wants to get pictures, right? And so when you read these reports and uh, like from home of people at the press people at this event and they're showing pictures from the hands on area, um. It, they're usually good photos, and the people taking the photos are pretty good at framing. Um, but it's it's actually behind the scenes there. If you're there, it's actually really like there's it, a lot of uh, jostling mm-hmm. to get everybody else's hands out of the way, you know, so that they right. can get a shot of just the phone and make it look nice. And you know, uh, it's actually it really it's it. I don't know. I just wait. I wait until, you know, it clears out and then I, you know, go over and watch. So MG and I went over to the iPod table because it was, you know, mostly clear. Uh, and we had spent a couple seconds with the iPhone 5 and we were both excited about it. It looks really nice. And then we looked at this iPod and we were like, holy crap, is this thin? This yeah. blow, you know, we didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even get to use the new iPhone 5 yet. And we were already like kind of disappointed by how thick it was because these iPods <laughs> are so amazing. That, and that, but that's how thin the iPhone 6 was two years later. And so it's always been the case. And now here, Ming-Chi Kuo is saying that next year's is going to be as, uh, you know, even thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, that's the way, the way Apple rolls. But uh, I'm with you. I would rather have them just say, just this is thin enough and just fill it with battery. Oh, I'm actually not in that camp. Well, not necessarily. I get enough battery life. I don't go anywhere for the most part. So <laughs> I have enough battery life to get through the day and then, yeah. I recharge, and then I recharge it with the watch. So I don't usually have much of a problem. And if I do go someplace, I'm usually driving my car. I just plug it into the car. Yeah, uh, I will say that. I will. And I will say too, I don't feel strongly about it because yeah. I'm trying to remember the last time my phone died before the end of the day. And it might, it might actually be the case that it was a previous iPhone that I've never once not gotten through the day yeah. in the last year with my iPhone six. Um, I think, and, I think the problem is, more the incidences incidents they have that are somehow software caused because occasionally the phone will just inexplicably start losing battery life like crazy like one day i'll wake up and it'll just be much draining much faster than it did the previous day for no apparent reason and usually just rebooting the phone clears it up or or it clears up on its own for some reason that i haven't been able to fathom yeah so so i think it, it I don't know if it's managing processes better or what it is, but there's some there's some software related thing that's more the problem than the uh, than the battery size. 
Yeah. And, you know, one reason I've, I've been able to get through the year without never ever one time at my phone die by the end of the day is that I, when I anticipate that I'm going to be using it heavily and in a bandwidth or in a battery draining situation, like Disney World is a perfect example, a day oh, at Disney yeah. World. Sorry, I take a, mof, a standalone Mophie pack with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, to me, that's a reasonable trade off. So I don't feel strongly about it. Yeah. You know? So but you do think you think it, Apple's right to keep making them thinner. Uh, well, I wouldn't, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think what would be right is what hits the more, the more most users. Um, and I don't really know which, which one that is. Uh, One of the things that one thing that I will say though, is that the, the only thing that I ever looked when I looked at Android phones over the years, the only thing that I was ever covetous of was their thinner was the ones that were super thin. Hmm. Hmm. And so this phone is now. I mean, I feel like the the six is thin enough. I want it to be smaller <laughs> across, I, but yeah. I'm not going to get that this year. It doesn't look like. I asked Schiller about that on stage, right? I'm not misremembering that because if I didn't, I wanted to. <laughs> the battery, the battery thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you did. Yeah, and I seem to recall his answer was there was it wasn't really a concrete look here's a you know xyz therefore they get there it's more or less you know more we're trying we're trying to do both kind of thing well no i think it was a very polite way of saying that i was wrong and i believe him you know what i mean like they know like he's got access to information that i don't have and i i do think part of it too is it is a a factor it's a lust factor right which is look they're they're in the business of selling new iphones that's the business right and part of that a huge part of that is to keep iphone users happy so that they come back and buy another one uh and so obviously that it is a balancing act because they don't want to make it so crazy thin that everybody's batteries die in which case you know people would be it would be a very likely reason that would make someone switch is if they really felt like their battery was dying every day um so they definitely want to avoid that um but i think a huge factor though is that showroom appeal right yeah. that you're in the you go in the apple store and you think maybe i'll buy a new iphone and then you see it and it, <laughs> and it fills your heart with that lust <laughs> and then you, all of a sudden you're walking you don't even remember what happened you're walking out and you have a new iphone um, and, the ba- and the battery's drained already. Right. <laughs> but that's obviously, that is, that's, that's part of the appeal, right? The battery's um, dead by the time you get to the car. Uh, the, the, those crazy cool phones from um, Looper. Remember, you've, you've seen Looper, right? I have seen Looper. I don't remember the phones. Oh, it, it was just a piece of glass. It was okay. just glass. Yeah. Um, it, just a piece of glass. And when you, you know, it's like clear when you, when it's off and you turn it on and, and, and the screen fills up that it was like insane, you know, literally could not be thinner. Like you wouldn't want it thinner unless it was like paper, like it couldn't be thinner unless it was more like an index card than glass. Um, you know, it, I, I think, you know, clearly that's where we're heading. I don't know how, the, yeah. how we get there, but you know, thinner is, is, is unavoidable. I guess what I would say is I I think Apple maybe should just if I were if they wanted my advice maybe dial back on that a little bit in favor of battery life. But yeah. I don't know. Um so anyway, what are we talking about? New iPhones, Force Touch, 3D display, touch display, better camera. Yeah. So my thought too, I've said this before, but my thought if my dream comes true and and the taps you feel them when you press uh, it would be that that you can actually feel the keyboard when you're typing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I, I again that 
sounds to me too good to be true. Uh, right. It, but boy, that would be cool if they pulled yeah. that off. That would be yeah. A, that seems awful fine. Right, right, and really fast, right? Because yeah. it would have to, you know, it, it to be to be useful at all. It would have to have like no latency. Yeah. Have you ever used an Android phone that vibrates when you type? No. Yeah, I've. Uh, I think my uh, Nexus, whatever. I, I don't have the like latest and greatest Nexus. I have like a year old Nexus that I bought. Um, you know, just to. Or no, no, I didn't buy the Nexus. I bought the the Motorola one with the wooden back, whatever it's called. I don't remember. Um. Uh, it when you type on it, I, it's an option. You can obviously turn it off. When you type on it, it vibrates like with each tap, and it does a very good job of not falling behind. But I, I, I just don't find it to be useful. I don't know why. But if the, it could, but if it was local, localized right where, if it felt like I was actually clicking the key on right. the screen, that would be right. that would be awesome. I don't think that's possible. I sure hope so. Uh, what else is coming out with the phone? Oh, why you asked why do you, why do I think they made it thicker? I, I guess we covered that. Did you yeah. see the report? Did you see the video where the one guy, uh, the baseball cap guy? Uh, you know who I mean? It's, he's like the Unbox Joe. <laughs> I think his name is Unbox Joe. He's a YouTuber, and he always wears a baseball cap uh, backwards. And he's the guy who kind of got the whole Ben Gate thing rolling last year. Um, when he bent, he's the guy who bent the phone with his hands. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, somehow he procured what was claimed to be a uh, iPhone 6s uh, frame, just the just the aluminum part. Uh, and he had a very, you know, I'm I'm kind of ripping on him here, but he had a really good video where he took it to like a serious like um, um, you know engineering shop. And they like uh, tested the. They used some kind of fancy equipment to test the aluminum and sort of prove that it's like a it's like a new like oh, seven thousand yeah. series aluminum. Right, right. I had heard that part. I had heard that part, but I did not know that it came from there. Yeah. Uh, Unbox therapy is his name. Okay. And, and that's yeah. kind of. I mean, they did that with. They improved the materials between the five and the five S as well. Uh, yeah, I think so too. But yeah, because my five, my I had I had the space gray five, and it scratched to hell. Um, but not so with the space gray five S. Yeah, so he. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, hopefully. Um. Uh, but he had unbox therapy has an interesting video, and it, it it almost certainly is a legit. I don't know how this stuff. You know, somebody smuggled out of a, a factory in Foxconn. And somehow sent it to him, and but he also stress tested it and like measured how many foot pounds of force takes to actually bend the frame, and it's like enormously more durable than than mm. than the iPhone six and six plus. I uh, hope the iPad Pro is made out of the same stuff. Uh, I want to do- <laughs> <laughs> bend like crazy, right? <laughs> um. Uh, what else? German says that they're going to keep both the six and the six plus in the lineup, you know, that, uh, which I think makes sense. I think, you know, uh, and it's also widely reported, you know, because there's none of these supply chain links, you know, it's, it's almost the lack of, of, of leaks of a six C plastic six C. Which mm-hmm. we, you and I were thinking they would do, like when we t- well, talked hoping, like a month ago, anyway, hoping yeah. they would do. But I've given up all hope on that because clearly, right. I mean, there's no way they're going to do that. Yeah. 
I think they're going to do the most obvious thing possible, which is what they've done every other year other than that 5C year, is just move last year's phone down. And the fact that there were two last year, it just means there's two now this year, you know, and that you can choose the 4.7 inch or the 5.5 inch and whatever. Mm. <laughs> mm. <sighs> uh, well, maybe next year. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I, I you don't think of, even next year, really? Yeah, I've come around. I've, t- I've changed my mind, on, and I think that the four-inch phones are gone forever. Well, there was a, there was even a rumor though that that they were. I mean, this was just like a prototype, but that they right. had a three-point-five-inch phone that they were working on. I heard that. I'm surprised. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so, though. I just don't. I don't. I don't see them doing that. I, I'm not surprised that they tinkered with it, but. Um, I don't know. I just kind of my gut feeling now. I I hope I'm wrong. I do. I still do hope I'm wrong, and I would love to see them come out with a new four inch phone or even smaller. I I probably would not buy smaller, but I would be very tempted to buy a new four inch one that had good specs. But if um, I could get this year's specs in a four inch phone, I would definitely get the four inch phone over over the four point seven. Right. I wouldn't hesitate either. I would yeah. definitely do it. But I think the problem that it will would obviously be that you won't get this year's specs. You get last year's. Yeah, that yeah. the the best that we could hope for is to uh, to get a to you know get like a, the equivalent of a five C, right? A last year specs in a smaller size. Yeah. Uh, they got a new, supposedly a new rose gold color. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised that there's the, o- the only time the only time that I have been tempted by or I actually thought that I should have gotten a different color was the. Five, uh, partially because like I like I said, the space gray one nicked like crazy. Yeah, and and I also just really liked that shape in the in the white color. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I know we're repeating ourselves here, but I but the 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 space gray one that nicked really easily. I the first couple of nicks annoyed me, and then once it kind of all got scuffed up, I thought it really looked good, like in a Star Wars, you mm. know, beat up. <laughs> You know, uh, you know what I mean? I, I thought it, you know, like in a way that that uh, your jeans look good after you've, you know, worn them a couple times, you know? I don't know. I thought it had like a cool, like, a, you know, I don't know. I'm sure somebody at Apple is is dying hearing that because they she don't may really... not may not look like much, but she's got to work counts. Yeah. I don't I don't know that Apple was shooting for it looks good scuffed no, up. Look. I don't think so either. <laughs> but, you know, but my I still got my original iPhones and they're Dinged yeah. like crazy too, scuffed and. Uh, what else with iPhone? Is there anything else with iPhone that we expect? I don't think so. I mean, I think the big stuff is other things, right? I mean, yeah. this is a, this is the talk year, so it's going to be same form factor and just like you know, possibly the the Siri this year is the uh, Force Touch stuff. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, I guess a wild card would be whether there's like a serious, big, worth bragging about improvement to the camera. But I'm not really expecting that. I just feel like, you know, there'll there'll be some kind of improvement, whether it's megapixels or something. But I don't think it'll be like a a great leap forward. Yeah. Uh, I talked months ago, maybe even a year ago, where I had heard uh, from, as they say, a little birdie, that Apple was working on a thing with a two-camera system, which I don't really understand the physics of. And I've read some pieces from people speculating about how that would work, and it is fascinating to me. But the basic gist is that there'd be a camera, a camera that has two lenses right next to each other. So sort of like, um, sort of like, I guess it would be closer, though, but like it would 
just be two circles right next to each other and that somehow it's like one is focusing far and one's focusing near and then somehow it 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 gives amazing results in the resulting image mm. like slr quality photos and i i think when I, I think i wrote about it not podcasted about it and i said the next iphone and I I didn't mean this year's. I didn't mean that it was that it was something for the success. I meant the next iPhone like the next iPhone form factor because I don't think that that sort of thing they would ever do in the S year because right. it it would break like the rules of you know the S year. <laughs> like the S year rules are that it's the phone's supposed to fit in last year's cases. Yeah, which I guess is interesting if it is thicker, like you said. Like how many cases will still fit the phone? That's interesting. Well, they see. I mean. Germans seem to think that it should still fit all of it. Yeah, because it's, so it's not that much thicker. Yeah, it sounds like it's, you know, like 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 the difference in thickness, you really would have to like take out calipers and measure it. Like you yeah, probably couldn't yeah. do it with your with your hands. Um, right. Do you do you think they're going to have trouble blowing past last year's numbers because last year's numbers were so huge and because they had a pent up demand of people who wanted a larger phone? I I think that that's probably true. I think, and I, I just feel like the anecdotal explanation that you just gave, just a basic, you know, lots of people had heard that they were going to do a bigger phone uh, for long enough. You know, like that rumor was was over a year old, and you know, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird the way that like regular people know about Apple rumors now. <laughs> uh, you know, because people would ask me, you know, in advance, is Apple really going to do a bigger phone? And the fact that people were asking me that was like, wow, they're, they're, people really do want bigger phones. Um, and I think you're right that there's an awful lot of people who put off buying their, an iPhone that overly inflated last year's iPhone sales. Yeah. And um, I think I think people held off long enough that it's not the kind of thing where the contract is going to be yeah the issue like so it's not like okay well yeah but there were those people last year but there's a whole set of new people who just came off contract for this year yeah i also think that there might be it might be tough to to meet the sales that they did in china i don't Mm -hmm. know though because they're it's like they're growing so fast in china but it felt like last year was the year they were where they really exploded in china and that if there was pent-up demand they sold crazy big numbers to meet them um and that they might have trouble doing that, but maybe I'm underestimating just how many, just how many, truly like maybe like tens of millions of first-time iPhone buyers there are going to expand in China. Yeah, year after that's year. what that's kind of what I think will happen. I mean, the economy there is is a, is a concern, but it seems like they they haven't topped out there yet. Like they're they did run up past Xiaomi, right? Yeah, um, like in the second quarter, I want to say, but. Um, but they're still, they were still, I mean, they, they had good growth, but they weren't big enough in China to that point where they've actually like saturated it. Yeah. And the weird thing too, about the economy being weak is that I think it might affect everything other than phones first, because phones have turned into this weird thing that everybody who has one thinks is essential, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so the economy goes bad and like vacation resorts suffer because like that's one thing people do like if you know their their investments have gone down or you know if you're taking a pay cut or if you're like a small business owner and the business is down you cut back on vacations right or you cut back on uh jewelry or you know all sorts of things that when the economy goes bad definitely suffer but i feel like phones maybe are 
maybe not immune to it, but are strong resistance to it because people, even if the economy is bad and you're cutting back in other areas, if you need a new phone, you're still getting a new phone. And if you're going to get a new phone, you're going to get the one you want. Yeah. I think. So I don't know. I feel like the, the you know, and I, I, you know, I thought it was really, really telling that Tim Cook had that public statement, you know, to uh, what's his name? Jimmy Kramer on right. uh, CNBC the other, yeah. the other week. Um, that's going to, he's going to jail because of that. <laughs> it's, well, I guess there was a concern he could get he could get fined. I I don't know. I you know yeah. Tim Cook seems like such a cautious person. Like Steve Jobs was the type of person who, if he wanted to do it, was going to do it, and then he'd figure out the you know like and infamously you know really did get into trouble with the uh, the backdating of the stock options. Right, right. It was I guess you know that was pretty bad. Tim Cook is so deliberate, or at least he seems to be that. I'll, I would, I would be very surprised if that hadn't been vetted by Apple's, you know, like SEC compliance lawyers. Like, it just seems to yeah. me like from what I can tell of Tim Cook's personality that if he wanted to do that, he called up, you know, whether it was their general counsel, you know, you probably just called the general counsel guy and then said, here's what I want to do. Let me, you know. And here's the, you know, here's the exact thing I want to email Jim Cramer. I want to do it tomorrow at 9 a.m. Is this okay? I would be very surprised if he didn't do that. Yeah. Now, just because one lawyer at Apple looks at it right. and says, yeah, that's right. fine. That doesn't mean, you know, there's yeah. been a lot of cases where, you know, one lawyer saying it's okay doesn't mean that somebody <laughs> could do it. But it does, I haven't seen anything that anybody's looking into it, right? I saw it's just idle speculation that, right. you know. Right. What's the gist of the so, rule? The gist of the rule is, it's just that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the gist of the Yeah, I don't know either. It's really some, something, know. something about giving information, any information that you give that would be uh, uh, of interest to some investors, you have to give to all of them. Right. Right. So that, you know, there's that certain... Sounds, that sounds right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. So, you know, obviously the, the, the worst example would be if Tim Cook just called Jim Cramer up on the phone and said, just between me and you, can't or, publish... Well, well, yeah, okay, right, right. You know, yeah, call- I mean, it's unlikely. I mean, Jim Cramer is a, you know, he's not a journalist, really, but he's a guy who does, who talks about this stuff in a show. So right. I think talking to him, it seems like he's, the the point is actually to get it out there. It's what's worse is when you call your buddy. And say, yeah, yeah, your friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, obviously that's what it's meant to, to, uh, to, to, that's what the law is in place for, but that there's people who've gotten in trouble for, didn't the Netflix uh, CEO get in trouble for like a blog post where he posted stuff? Like, cause blog posts wasn't officially, or maybe like a tweet or something. Oh, you know, that they, sounds, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Uh, but why would a tweet not be, I forget uh, what it yeah. was, but yeah. it, well, that somehow that it, it, there's certain wasn't forms reaching it wasn't considered public or something yeah, right you had like, to opt opt in to follow it right like a press release that goes out on the official press wire which is weird because it's actually that's actually something that you know normal people don't access but all of the media do and it's assumed then that everybody has equal access to the media somehow that you know but that's okay it's just that like tweets had never been uh um uh, okayed by the sec before yeah. and that there was speculation. well only you know certain people have access to twitter because you have they to have a cell phone and whatever <laughs> they just didn't get it <laughs> yeah so do you want to talk about the apple tv uh i do but i i, yeah. I should take a break here and yep. thank another one of our uh, our friends and this time 
it is our good friend um, Automatic. These are the guys who make that the connected car adapter. It's a little dongle. I love saying that word. Um, it plugs into your car's diagnostic port. Uh, I think it's like every car since like 1997, but it's somewhere around there. It's like every car of recent vintage has one of these ports and it's a standard port, which is really kind of cool. Um, you know, like the way that like USB is a standard port and HDMI is a standard port. Well, there's a car diagnostic port. It's like underneath the dashboard somewhere on your car. Um, and that's when you go to uh, like your dealer or to the mechanic, you know, and like when your car has like a thing that lights up and says like uh, you need, you're due for service a two, uh, you go in there. They that's what they plug their stuff into, and then it tells them, you know, what it's saying that you know your oil filter needs replacement or whatever. Well, you can access that too. That's you know, and that's what automatic is for. It's this really cool thing. You just plug it in to that diagnostic port, and then it uses Bluetooth to you know talk to uh, their app, which is on your iPhone. Um, and it just tells you. So if you ever get one of those weird things like service, you know, A five or I don't even know what the things are, uh, and you're worried, like, what the hell does that mean? Is that in you know, a routine? Is is my car ready to break? It automatic will explain to you in plain English exactly what's going on, and it even lets you clear the light if if you want to, so you don't have to get annoyed by that every time you start the car up. Really cool. Uh, gives you a log of your trips. Uh, it uses uh, the GPS on your phone so that when uh, you get out of your car, it will remember where you were parked. Uh, it's like anything. It just turns your car into a smart car. Really, really cool. Uh, even It can even score you on your driving. Uh, so if you're like me and you have a lead foot, it'll just tell you, boy, you, you know, you're driving too fast, John. I mean, that's really what it'll do. Uh, it can tell you how, what kind of mileage you're getting. Tell, tells you if you drive in a style that's, uh, you know, getting you good mileage. Uh, uh, just amazingly cool stuff. So they've added a new thing. They're calling it the app store for your car. Um, and there's over 20 apps that are available within uh, their thing. And it allows you to use your car's data in all kinds of ways. So you can hook it up to Nest so that your thermostat, I mean, this is like, seriously, it's like science fiction stuff. You can have your air conditioning turn on when you get within, you know, five miles of your house or whatever you want. Uh, amazing stuff like that. If you have Nest, uh, if this, then that integration with all sorts of ways to to let you do stuff based automatically on this smart information coming out of your car. Just really great, really fun. It seems like something that ought to be just built into your cars, but it's actually kind of cool that you can do it with automatic. It's a standard port, so you don't have to like depend on like your car maker making an app for your phone. You just use automatics, and it's really good. These guys know what they're doing. It's really good design and everything like that. Um, Sounds too good to be true, almost, but it's it's great. I think it's really cool. You can check out the apps at uh, automatic.com slash apps. Uh, you want to buy it. Here's the thing. It's just 100 bucks, $99.95. But you get 20% off by using this URL, automatic.com slash the talk show. Now, that, these guys have their act together and uh, gave me the, the code right there, slash the talk show. You save 20% off. That's 20 bucks. So you get this thing for 80 bucks. It ships in two days and they have a 45 day return policy. So 45 days later, 44 days later, you say this thing's, you know, I don't like it. It's nonsense. You just send it back. You get your money back. I, nobody's going to do that because it's cool. Once you have it in there, I mean, you know, your car is like, it's like you've got kit. Uh, <laughs> well, except for the power boost thing. It doesn't, doesn't give you that. Um, so anyway, go to automatic.com slash the talk show. You'll save 20%, 80 bucks, and you'll get this really cool thing for your card. If you haven't bought one already, just go do it. It's really cool.
so what else? Do you think there's going to be an uh, Apple TV tomorrow? <laughs> Not tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, I, sure, <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> it's been five years. Uh, Is that right? Am I remembering that I, correctly? I think that the one that... The the, I think, think that the third have, the third generation is later. Or is it just five years in that form factor? Maybe. Yeah, but what did the third one add? I know that it has it's it, faster and more memory, right? It's, yeah, and the second one. Oh, no, it's um, it's what is it? Ten eighty, ten eighty p. Yeah, instead of seven twenty. Right? Yeah. Did was the old one that's only right. seven twenty? I think so. Oh well, that uh, that that's kind of gross. <laughs> that's what I have. Yeah, well, I, I well, no, it's funny as I have the new Apple TV, but I have a 720p TV set, which I don't mind at all. I've got seven, I've got 720 eyes. Don't, by the way, don't everybody out there, don't tell my son that our TV is 720. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you ever meet him. See, the thing is, is I have a really, I have a, I, I, it's probably one of the most beloved possessions I, I have is uh, a, a Pioneer plasma. TV, and I got 720 instead of 1080. I don't know when I bought. I think I bought it in like 2006. It's it's old, really, but I still love it because I love plasma. I love the color of plasma. Uh, and I did the math. I, I there's like a calculator where you can. You, I got like a tape measure and measured where I sit and where our TV is in, in our house. And there's nowhere else. There's no way to like rearrange our TV. It's like we've got one place where we can put a TV in our living room. Uh, and we were well within the range of um, you. You will not see the difference, you know, between seven twenty and ten eighty. So I just saved the money and got the seven twenty. <laughs> but it's, it seems gross. What seems gross to me is having an Apple TV that can't do ten eighty. <laughs> just the just the thought of it. Well, just, not yeah. gross. Gross is a little yeah. long, but it just seems it would yeah. just seems like antiquated, right? <laughs> I mean, ten eighty. Well, they're a year apart. So, so the the most recent one was in, introduced in March of two thousand twelve, and that, the prior one was March of two thousand eleven. So, right, it's, that makes it's sense. not that far. And I know I still have the old my second one upstairs uh, on a TV that we almost never will watch, but it's uh, it doesn't have the new software update. It still has the old. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I've got the got the old uh, the old interface. And I had actually never even seen the new one, at least not in use. Um, yeah. until I went over to Albert's the other night. So, Oh yeah. Cause yeah, of course he's got the yeah, latest and greatest. Yeah, sure. You know, okay. um, <laughs> I think this is, I'm really excited about this for the, event me too, because I've been dying, dying for one of these forever. Okay. So we know that there's a new Apple TV and we know that, uh, they're going to do, well, we don't know, no, but it's, everybody says there's going to be an app store for it and a full SDK. And, and there's rumors about a new controller and we know a little bit about the controller supposedly that it's like a touchpad, like, I guess like a Mac. It's got some physical buttons and also like a, like a touch, some sort of touch. Yeah. Screen. Like a trackpad. Um, so it's you know and and by all the reports that I've seen, I know a lot of people for so long have said whenever we speculate on new Apple TVs, and I've always been going on and on. That, they got to get rid of this piece of shit remote. <laughs> They've got to do something about this goddamn remote. And everybody always says to me, I I know what the new the next Apple TV remote is. It's going to be your iPhone. You just use your iPhone as the remote. And to me, that's that's like a. a 
that's a non-starter. You already can use that remote app, which I don't like. I know some people do. I just don't. I never, ever use that other than when, like, if I have to, like, enter a password. But usually when I have to enter a password, it's uh, the Wi-Fi password. And you can't enter the Wi-Fi password if you mm-hmm. – or I guess you can now. I think they might have done something – or no, it's a keyboard. You can do, like, a hook up a, blue, a physical Bluetooth yes, keyboard you can, to yes. it. Yes, yes. Which is actually a cool a – cool, uh, that's actually a cool thing if you know about it. So if you're setting up a new Apple, the old Apple, don't buy a new Apple TV right now, by the way. <laughs> you should but run if, and buy one right now. <laughs> just to see what the first run experience is like. You can hook up a Bluetooth, key, your, your Apple Bluetooth keyboard, or I guess any Bluetooth keyboard to it, and then enter your Wi-Fi password that way, which is a hell of a lot easier than the up, down, left, right, yeah, select yeah. nonsense. Um uh, so I, iPhone is an Apple TV remote. I mean, maybe they'll still have an app for it or whatever, but it's no go. You cannot sell a thing and then tell people that you have to you use gotta run a, out and buy an iPod or a an $600 iPad. iPhone yeah, yeah. and then have one that's in the living room at all times. Right. So like, even if like, uh, uh, a family, the, the, uh, two parents and they both have iPhones, uh, well, they can't say that you have to have one of those iPhones in front of the TV so that if the kid wants to watch TV, you know, yeah. one of the yeah. parents has to give up their iPhone. It's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> oh, well, just buy your kid a $200 iPod Touch. You can't sell a $200 remote control to a $150 box, you know? The, well, the one reason, I mean, other than the keypad part, the one thing that I like about the remote app is that the remote is always in my pocket or on my wrist now. Um, <laughs> It, whereas you know you try and find one of those those little things, it's a freaking pain in the ass. Uh, yeah, Particularly, so you know, like like my kid will just you know he turns something on, he just sits it on the couch, and then and then you know five minutes later, it's stuck in the cushions someplace. Yeah. Um, hey, does does uh, does your kid sit real close to the TV when he plays video games? Oh sure. So, yeah. So that's why I don't want Jonas to know that our TV is. <laughs> Is seven twenty, because he's a he's young and he's so he's got still got great eyes. Uh, who knows for how long, given how close he sits to the TV. Uh, but he sits close enough that he's absolutely positively within the range where he would be able to see the difference between seven twenty and ten eighty. Oh yeah. I just keep waiting for him to, to notice. <laughs> yeah. so I guess he's got to go over to the other kids' houses and see. Right. And I don't think I'm going to be able to sell him on the advantages of plasma versus, uh, you know, plasma 720. I, I really firmly, truly, 100% my heart believe that I like a 720p uh, plasma and the fact that I sit far enough away always that I, I know that I wouldn't see the difference. I mean, you know, my one eye is screwed up anyway. So there's no way I would see the difference, but I know that he would because he sits so damn close. So when we, when me and you were kids, I, I guess I remember sitting close to the TV to play Atari and my yeah. parents would yell at me every time and make me move back. And they'd say, you're right. going to, you know, you're going to wreck your eyes. And I remember, this is one of those things where I filed this away in my head as they don't know anything. They don't know this. They're not optometrists. You know, they don't mm. show me the evidence that, that sitting close, you know, I sit close to a book when I read it. Why can't I sit close to the TV? So I filed it away in my head that when I'm a parent, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. 
And I've stuck to that. I don't. I, I will sometimes question him, and I'll say, are you sure you want to sit that close? Yeah. And he says he well, does. I, I started doing that simply because that's what I had heard, and then I thought, wait a minute, this is not... I mean, first of all, these... Uh, you know, uh, sitting close to a cathode ray tube, I think, is a little different than sitting close to... <laughs> you know, like... like there's, there's nothing... There's not, like, some radiation coming out of that thing. It's a flat... You know, it's just like liquid crystal. It's not. I'm worried. I'm worried that I'm going to Google this after the show, and it's going to say, like, "Yes, yeah, <laughs> sitting close to a, a cathode ray tube uh, is shown. It specifically leads to retinal detachments decades <laughs> later in life." And like, holy shit, this is my fault. And stabbing yourself in the hand. Yeah, it's stab- <laughs> stabbing yourself in the, in the hand. Uh, Falling down the stairs. Holy shit, though, does my kid sit close to the TV when he plays video games? Well, Hank's, Hank's eyesight's not great, so he sits. He often sits close to the TV, um, and and you know, and whatever he's playing. Yeah. So, but we put his glasses on him, and he can back up like <laughs> foot. Yeah, it has nothing to do with like uh, needing to sit close. He just likes it, so I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's why. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I always did too. Yeah. Well, it fills your fills your field of vision. You know, it's right? Like, right. You want to immerse yourself in that experience. Right. It's effectively you have a bigger display that way. Yeah. Especially, I think, yeah, and especially like with games, which are an experience. It's you know. Yeah. Anyway, well, this is, which is funny because I now I see, the way that our living room is arranged, the couch really you know this has to be a certain distance away from the television and I've sat on the couch and held my iPad up and my iPad is closer, you know, is filled, fills more Mm. a larger area than the TV and the TV's not small. It's 42 inches. It's not huge either, but it's, but it's, it's pretty big. Yeah. And yet if I, if I have my iPad, it's actually a better option. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but I'll have a new T I'll have a new Apple TV sometime yeah. soon. Yeah. Um but anyway, new remote <laughs> for the Apple TV. Uh but nobody really knows anything about what this is gonna be like, which is super cool to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what is the basic gist of the uh like in my opinion, we don't really know much more than we knew that, you know, blah 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 Apple's gonna make a phone. I guess we know a little more because we know that this remote is supposedly like a little touchpad, and we didn't even know the iPhone had a touch screen, right? Um, you know, right. before the iPhone came out. But it's yeah. it's close to that level of who knows what they're going to do, and what the interface is going to be like, right? It's uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really hoping that it they've they've got like a big wow in store. Yeah. And I wrote and, about this. I wrote about this last week. I think the stakes are higher for them with this than with the watch. I think that the watch, I think this needs, that they need to do a better job with this than they did with the watch. And that the stakes are higher. Because if it's, if it's a mediocre product, I feel like they are, it, it's not going to do as well as they need it to do. Hmm. What? Uh, hmm. And it it gets back to what I said a, you know a while ago on the show when we were talking about watches that the watch kind of because it piggybacks on the phone if you have a, an iPhone and you want to get a smartwatch you're going to get an Apple Watch and so they've got like a home field advantage there right. whereas there's a little bit of that with the Apple TV where if you're in the ecosystem if if you already have an iTunes account but everybody has an iTunes account right every I mean who doesn't have I guess kids you know teenagers who've never gotten into buying music but you know, anybody who's an adult has an iTunes account. 
Um, and if you've already bought a bunch of movies and TV shows, you know, there's some motivation there to, to get an Apple TV, but it's, to me, it's nowhere near as tied to that. You know, that if you own an iPhone, even if you own an iPhone and an Apple watch and you have a MacBook, um, there's nothing stopping you from buying a rock you or any of these other boxes, you know? Yeah. Whereas, um, and many, I mean, most of the well, most of the nerds that I know anyway have multiple bo- multiple boxes. Yeah. So, and I, I, but I kind of feel like the race is on to make the box right, and it doesn't necessarily. Even if you're a really staunch fan of Apple stuff, that doesn't mean it's going to be the Apple TV unless the Apple TV is great. It has to be great for it to succeed. Yeah. That's the only, and that's exciting to me. Uh, you know. Whereas I feel like with the watch, the watch didn't have to be great for it to succeed. Pretty good, it would it would do if it if it is pretty good, it'll do pretty good. Whereas I feel like with Apple TV, if it's only pretty good, it's not even going to do pretty good in terms of sales. Yeah, like it really has to be great. So the one of the key other key features other than the the remote is supposedly universal search, which is been problematic on that thing forever because it's like mm. you want to watch something but you don't know Whoa, where it's right, available right you think so you you think they're going to do that well that's one of the things that they're talking i mean that's i hope so i certainly hope so and then you know and then tying siri into that you know find me battlestar galactic or whatever right um find me six feet deep something you know and siri says you can get it here or here or here yeah know, or it's streaming over here i mean you know it seems like those guys they have to tie into it, so I I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a difficult sell because a lot of them don't necessarily want to be in that level of competition, you know. Because it really it really kind of could can screw you if your deal isn't quite as good as somebody else's. Mm. And and the it seems like the apps need to hook into that. And I mean, well, yeah. I mean, that's obvious. The apps have to hook into that in order to be able to allow them to do that. I I think though that most would or at least like the enough of the big ones would right the ones who are already partners with Apple. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's just uh, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, just right. to name a couple of them, right? So and, and again, Apple TV to date has been what I think that they thought they were going to the, the the no App Store camp thought they would do with the iPhone where they have these partners and there's you know now there, right. at this point there's lots and lots of channels or apps or whatever you want to call them on the current Apple TV um but they're all done in partnership like there's no way like so and so for example the conspicuous absent is a, a, conspicuously absent is Amazon so right. you, if you have Amazon Prime you need another box you you can't you know there's no way to do it now Whereas once this app store comes out, presumably Amazon will be able to write an Amazon app for the Apple TV. And even if Apple and Amazon never, you know, work out their own special deal, they'll just be in the app store in the same way that you can watch Amazon Prime on your iPad. And So is it your view that it's Apple controlling that rather than Amazon not wanting to be on the Apple TV? Today? Oh, I, I think so. I, yeah, I think okay. that I, I'm guessing okay. that Amazon would, but I think I think that the way that the two companies don't like each other you know yeah and i sort of thought it was the other way around that they amazon simply wanted you to go out and buy a fire stick but i don't think so because boy you can get amazon in just about every other box if you look if you yeah it's right i'm not sure that you can even find a box that doesn't have amazon yeah because we talked about we talked about this on the rebound and dan pointed that out to me too and so i was thinking yeah it's probably 
I was probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it's Apple, though. but it's certainly on enough that it's it's there. Um, I think we have it on our TiVo, and it's really weird. Oh, it's I don't know what the hell kind of crap you write these apps on for TiVo. <laughs> like when you when you switch to the, well, we have a really new TiVo too. It's it's like the top of the line jobby. Uh, uh, when you launch the Amazon thing, it's like the screen like zaps out, <laughs> you know, like almost like the TV went off. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and it, I don't know, it just feels like it was. Uh, I might even be right. I might, I, I might not even be making this up that it's like written in like Shockwave or something like that. Oh my it, God. it really feels like it, and it's not. It's not high def. It's it, it's a standard def picture. It's so bad. Um. Anyway, though, I don't think Apple would have a hard time at all, at least with like people who they would want to promote on stage, like Netflix and Hulu and and uh, HBO, um, to get them to to open up the search. Right? Why wouldn't you want? Why wouldn't Netflix want that? I mean, the main thing. Well, is just, there's certainly there's certainly no reason Netflix wouldn't want it. That's for right, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything is free. Right. It's no no additional cost anyway. Right. Uh, it's just a, I would. You know, I mean, maybe, you know, like Amazon, like if it's if it's the difference between although Amazon probably sells all that stuff for less than Apple does. Yeah, it seems so. The universal search thing. I know I've I've even ta- I know he's talked about it on one of the shows he's on a million times. But like it just every time it happens to me, I always think of Merlin, uh, Merlin man, because I just know it's the sort of thing that just drives Merlin crazy. You know, like so let's say you sit down with your family and you're going to you've agreed to watch uh, Caddyshack or whatever pick a family you know good family movie like that um <laughs> and you search for caddyshack but you have to search and 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 you, you were like well, let's watch it for free in netflix and you go to netflix and it ends up netflix doesn't have caddyshack mm-hmm. but you've just been and, and and you sat there typing it in on a, on, on the remote <laughs> right this ridiculous little up down left right remote yeah. that is not even using bluetooth you have to point the goddamn infrared ray at the thing <laughs> and then you get all the way to do this and it ends up they don't have caddyshack and then you go back and you go and then they have to and to start the search again in the you know the iTunes store to get it from iTunes you have to type it all over again it doesn't even right. you know there's not like a universal search memory or something like that so the yeah. idea that you could just say find me caddyshack and it'll show you all of your options you know for how to watch caddyshack right now including just hit here and you can start streaming it for free on Netflix would be fantastic right in fact i almost feel like it has to do that like if it doesn't do that i think that's yeah if it, i think if it doesn't do that it's gonna be kind of a disappointment i know that the i mean the the amazon device does that to a certain degree but i think it kind of prioritizes amazon's offering yeah. so like if it's like if it's free someplace else their stuff still shows up like hey you can get it here yeah i wouldn't be surprised if apple's does that too if you know oh, maybe the itunes offering is first but yeah i mean yeah I don't know. I'll I mean, hit down. I'll, I'll swipe down a couple of times to watch it for free. <laughs> sure. Uh, I, 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 and I feel like in, in general, you know, it, because it's been so long since they've had a serious update to Apple TV, I feel like we're actually being reasonable by demanding a lot of this. Oh, yes. Thing. I, I, like, I, compl- I completely agree. Like in general, I try to be reasonable in my expectations, you know, and, and, you know, the, yeah. the whole idea that, uh, you know, famously, I, you know, it's, you're going to have, we're going to see at least 50 articles by the end of the week that say, um, there's not enough in the iPhone 6S to right. make, make people to upgrade save, from to save, the, save I, Apple. 
Right. Not enough. <laughs> there's not enough reasons to upgrade from last year's iPhone. Therefore, it's a failure. Whereas the whole point is normal people don't upgrade. They don't buy a new phone every year. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel, though, that, you know, with the Apple TV, it really does have to be enough that it makes everybody who already has an Apple TV want to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so it's been three and a half years since the most recent one. And that was only like a kind of a bump from the previous one. Yeah, it's just a speed so bump. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. Is. Well, you know, the picture, the picture's nicer too. But yeah, and, but and, other and, and, than that, right, it's not that much. It's the same basic concept. An infrared yes. remote that goes up, down, left, right, select, play, pause, and and that you just sit there and move up, down, left, move a selection up, down, left, right around a screen full of apps. And then when you go in there, you right. know, it's just, it's, you know, same thing. Yeah. Got to be able to, they got to do something new. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to pull it off. That's the, this is the other interesting thing to me is that I've detected an awful lot of, um, I guess, pessimism or almost like, uh, like, We've been so disappointed and limited by what Apple TV is for so long that there's an awful lot of people who, it seems to me, don't don't really have high expectations for this. Mm. I, I don't know. I could be wrong about that. I don't know if you've noticed that. That there's an awful lot of people who, you know, really think that, you know, this is going to be, um, you know, they just don't think Apple TV is ever going to be good because it hasn't been good. Yeah. Well, I think one of the big concerns was that it, it seems like they the hard part is striking the deals. And a lot of people were also just expecting Apple to come up with their own streaming service, their mm-hmm. own television streaming server, you know, yeah. television media, whatever. I mean, still along the lines of Netflix, I guess. And that that would be a key feature of it. And that if they were able to do it, they would have done it a long time ago and they haven't done it. So that means that they're not able to do it. So it's not going to happen. Hmm. Um, I don't feel like that that's, I mean, I think that would be nice if they were able to do something that's better, but I still think that they could introduce a device that's really good without having to do that. I mean, if it has that global search functionality, I I think that would work almost as well. I, I think they need to do that. I think, though, at a fundamental level, what they what I really think they need to do, I really think that they need to do it, and I really hope that they have, is they really need to make the basic interaction with a TV awesome that you are actually feel like you're having fun just yeah. by like choosing which thing to pick. Right. Cause that's really what fundamentally what they did with the iPhone where cell phones were always these things that were really junky and they had buttons that were like, just didn't feel good. And, and these weird little Java applets that they called games that were always super high in latency and you know mm-hmm. you know the type of games that like adults play you know like just to waste two minutes like it would never ever interest a kid right who had like a yeah. nintendo like a game boy <laughs> like in the way that like game boys have always been right since the first one really responsive fun top-notch little gadgets apple did that to the phone they took this thing that was across the board no matter which brand you bought it was a crap experience and brought it all the way forward to this is an awesome experience and there's no latency and the screen, you know, it, it scrolls exactly one-to-one with your fingers as you touch. And when you touch something, you don't have to wait for it to respond. It responds a second, you know, just like a physical item. They need to make the TV like that so that when you're mm-hmm. sitting there moving your thumb around the remote or whatever you're going to do, that it's 
just fun. Like it just feels fun just to interact with your TV and that, you know, and, and like a perfect Bluetooth connection from the remote to the TV. So there's never any latency and you're never like moving your finger around and nothing is happening. Um, <laughs> and when you select something, it needs to launch right away and you're right in there and it's, you know, like, a, like the iPhone. Um, cause so much of what frustrates me with the, Every everything really. I mean, everything I've ever hooked up to my TV is just that it stuff never seems to respond fast enough. Yeah. The best so, device I have is a TiVo by, by far, just in general, just because the newest one does have a Bluetooth remote, not infrared. It is pretty good, and the latency isn't that bad. And I don't think the latency is between the remote and the TiVo. I think it's just that the TiVo itself has a, always had sort of a notoriously slow interface. Um, uh, and this is a thing I know Syracuse has gone on and on about this and I share it and I feel like I wouldn't even have the longing in my heart if I didn't own a TiVo forever. The one thing TiVo has always done really, really well. Um, I mean, going back to like my first one in like 1999 or 2000 is that when you're playing video, you can fast forward and rewind and it's perfect. In fact, it's almost like they're too smart. I find that that like they do like they they're like when you fast forward through commercials and you see the show and you hit play it goes back a little bit because you know that's when you've hit play is when you've mm -hmm. seen that the show's back on they go back too far like my my it my reactions you know my my what do you call it uh uh motor skills i don't know okay i'm quick uh, yeah i mean well yeah I'm quick enough. Hand-eye coordination reaction yeah. time. Yeah, my reaction yeah. time is fast enough that they actually help me too much, and, I, and then I see the last ten seconds of the commercial I just skipped. Um, <laughs> but the fast-forwarding video on Apple TV and rewinding is garbage. It is yeah. so bad, and in some cases, like with the streaming stuff, it doesn't even show it to you. It just goes black. Right. And, right. Because it's got to buffer all that stuff before it can do that, and it doesn't. If you're going. Right. Far far enough you're going to go past the buffer. Right. So I feel like I really want I, I somebody's going to do it eventually and I it's the sort of thing that Apple cares about. So I hope it's, you know, I hope it's I hope it's Apple and I hope it's coming this week is that to get it so that, you know, fast forwarding and rewinding video is as good as it can be. Mm -hmm. Or closer, you know, at least it's more like that first iPhone and the first iPhone, you know, by today's standards actually wasn't low latency and now it feels like it's laggy. Yeah, but at the time it was a revelation. So at least I, I would I, uh, I I demand it. I and I will call for <laughs> Tim Cook's resignation if I don't get it. I want to be able to fast forward and rewind video and have it feel like it's a good experience. You're throwing that in kind of late. <laughs> He's got to get that done by by Wednesday. I don't know. If, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> You're funny. I mean, one of the things one of the things which I find kind of odd about these rumors is that some are saying that there are going to be two. They're going to have two different memory sizes. Oh, um, that, like there's a, like an eight gigabyte and a sixteen gigabyte, which I I I don't believe that because I don't think they're going to be able to make people understand why. I mean, it just seems like a weird thing to do for those devices. And I feel like the smart thing to do would be, well, you know, they don't do this with the phones, but the, to do the 16 gigabyte and don't just don't, well, give the, do the 16 gigabyte. And if you want to charge more, charge more, don't screw around with an eight gigabyte one. If that's, if you're yeah. going to have two, yeah. And rather than have two tiers, just get the, just do the bigger one. 
And I know that most video and, and for some services, all of it, really, most of it, that it's streaming is the thing now rather than downloads, right? right? Uh, but it, if you're going to have games at all, I mean, games take up space. And I, I know it's not going to be like a PS4 or an Xbox type gaming thing, you know. It's, we already know it's got like an A8. I mean, that's just common sense. You don't even have to read the rumor sites to know it's going to have like an A8 system on a chip. And so we know the basically the you know the capabilities of that. It's not going to be like a graphics powerhouse. But that's no reason that it couldn't have good games, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, like good Nintendo-style games, right? right? Casual right. games. Like, like the Wii, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just can't see why they would why they would cheap out on eight versus 16 if you could easily fill it up. Right. Yeah. I also think it's just confusing to offer two different sizes. And yeah, I think so too. I think that, I mean, I mean, I know people understand that, you know, you gotta, you know, you want to download a lot of apps, you gotta get a bigger phone, but I don't think. Yeah. Marketing wise, it seems so much easier to just say, buy the, the new Apple TV, $149. That's it. That's it. Your choice is to get a new Apple TV or not get one and be a loser, and that's it. <laughs> None, of, like, like just that one level of do you want eight or sixteen gigabytes? It instantly makes the the decision to buy so much more complicated. And I right. really do think that they know. I think Apple knows that that complication results in some people saying, "I don't know what to get, so I'm not going to get one." Yeah. And, yeah, and I really think that they would sell. I'm convinced that they would sell more boxes and make more money just by giving one with 16 gigabytes and to everybody than they mm-hmm. would with two, at, you know, even if they could save some money on it. I, I really do. I think they would make more money because I think that that complexity would just drive people right. nuts. Right. And I, you know, I don't know. It just seems crazy. Yeah. I, just, uh, I wouldn't think that, that would be, that doesn't sound like them, but I hope, at least I hope it's not them. It's not yeah. that one's. I wonder though, with games, I think about that though, with um, like just how limiting would even 16 gigabytes be? Because it seems like yeah. an awful lot of games are, you know, measuring the gigabytes already. Right. And right. Uh, you can't just, you can obviously, you know, delete an app and then re download it later. But even with fast internet, it's like downloading a two gigabyte game again because you deleted it a couple of weeks ago, but now you're in the mood to play it again is a pain in the ass. Yeah. I think the Xbox wasn't the. Uh, I think the sizes were like thirty-two gigabytes and then two hundred. Yeah, I don't know something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference was was huge, and it, it was kind of like, well, maybe you want to use it just for doing TV and maybe a couple of games, um, or you're like a real serious gamer. Yeah, but you know, that's that's twice as, or you know, the smaller ones twice as much as. Do you think do you think they're going to do like a, a a home kit push with Apple TV? Uh I don't know if they're ready for that yet. I mean, I think maybe it would get a mention and that it, it it I think that that's a long-term plan. Right, but maybe not part of this week's announcement. Yeah, right? but maybe not part of this week's announcement. Right. Cuz it seems like we're on a we're on a kind of a slow build to that stuff and I don't know that they're I mean, unless they they've worked something out with somebody else that that there's really like a compelling thing where you're gonna you know be standing up at yeah out of your, out of your chair to applaud but i I, the, I think that the basic idea and it makes sense to me but the basic idea is that apple it, apple tv could and ultimately should be like this always on 
you know, even if it's in some low power mode, always on, always connected to the internet and always available from everywhere, sort of smart thing that's in your house so that you could do things, you know, like the nest type things like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. somehow it would be like this thing that you could connect to uh, and, you know, have your lights turned on or have the air conditioning turn on, you know, at a certain schedule or stuff like that. Right. I don't know. But I don't know that I don't know that 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 there's anything that they've got stuff in, like you said, like an ecosystem in place to to really make it a central part of this week's announcement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's some speculation about them making their own stuff, but we yeah. have certainly haven't heard any rumors of what that might be. So yeah. it doesn't seem like it would be coming. Right. Um, now. Yeah. Let me take a break. I have one more uh, sponsor to thank, and then we'll wrap up the show with our final thoughts about what else might be coming at the. Okay coming at the show but it's our good friends at backblaze if they're honestly i love all the sponsors of the show they're all great this week if there's only one that i would say you you have to use it's got to be backblaze because um it's so important uh what is it it's online backup for the mac um you download backblaze you install it on your mac and you just let it run they've got a free trial no risk, no credit card required. Just go there and sign up. Um, and it just starts running, and it just backs up everything on your Mac to their servers uh, up in the cloud, as they call it. Uh, you have external hard drives, backs them up too. Uh, how much? What's the limit? No limit. Whatever you've got on your Mac, it gets backed up to Backblaze, uh, and it's 5 bucks a month. That's it. Uh it's it sounds too good to be true. That's I I think if there are people out there who haven't tried Backblaze, haven't used it, it's because this sounds unlimited backup for five dollars a month sounds too good to be true. Uh, there's no catch. There is no catch. Um, and the reason why is that hard drives are not that expensive. Like there's no. It, it sounds like well, how can they stay in business? I, it, it's because hard drives are so humo- you know cheap, and they buy them in bulk, and they do these cool things on their blog, where like every year they have like a report of like which brands of hard drives had the most failure and stuff like that. Like because they have so many hard drives in this massive amount of storage. Uh, what's the stat here? I got it in front of me. 150 petabytes of data backed up from their customers. Um, that five bucks a month, it, it you know it works out. They're like a profitable, successful company. The only catch involved is that it really it might take a long time for your initial backup. Depending, you know, you you might say I have tons of data, I have terabytes of data. It might take a while for that, depending on you know your your relationship with Comcast. <laughs> but that's it. it. Like they can't solve that problem. But once it's backed up, then everything else is incremental. The software is great. It's written by former Apple engineers. It's really good Mac software. You'll never notice it running on your computer. There's never any kind of like, all of a sudden, why is my fan on? And you go check activity monitor and it's because Backblaze is running. That doesn't happen. It's great software. Uh, You'll never notice it. And all of your stuff is backed up from anywhere. I cannot say how how great a feeling, what a relief that is knowing that everything on my on my Mac is backed up outside my house somewhere. When you need to restore, you can just get one file at a time and download it, or you can uh, download everything. Uh, and to save time, in the case of a disaster, if you want to, you can just buy a USB hard drive from them, and they'll just put all of your data on the USB hard drive and overnight it to you. Um, it could not be better. Anything you would want from an online backup, they do it. Uh, so go to, if you haven't signed up already, and you're crazy if you haven't, go to backblaze.com slash the talk show. That's backblaze.com slash the talk show. 
uh, and, and sign up. It and five bucks a month. That's it. Oh, it, if there is a second catch, it's five bucks per month per Mac. So if you have two Macs, then you're up to ten bucks a month. That's a fair deal, in my opinion. Go sign up. Back up your crap. <laughs> I can't. I'm telling you, if you don't back up your stuff, you're nuts. Uh, anyway, what else do you think of the show? I don't think iPads are coming. I know German you don't, says. Oh, you don't think the, the iPad Pro is coming? Yeah, I want to go. I'm going to go. Uh, mm. I'm not going on. Well, I'm not going to make a bet. Here's what they, I will say this. Honest to God, John, I have nobody has told me anything about the event. So I don't have any inside birdies or information about it. I don't want it. I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. It's just my gut feeling. My gut feeling is that they're going to do the exact same thing they've done in years past and um, have an iPad event, a smaller event in October, and they'll do iPads and new, maybe like the new iMac with the 4K display on the 21-inch screen um, and talk about El Capitan. Uh, you know, th there's a pattern to the way they do these things. And um, the October event is usually or has been in the last few years, new iPads and some new Mac news, like, mm -hmm. and showing off. And they, I feel like a lot of people in the press forget just how simple Apple does things and how they often repeat themselves. So they'll show off El Capitan, and all the features they're going to show are the same ones that they showed at WWDC in June. And they do this, and people are like, why, why did they do that? Because, you know, we already knew all this stuff. They showed us that in June. Because that they just want normal people to, to know about these features. And the way you communicate with people who aren't hyperactive news junkies is you repeat yourself multiple times, right? It's like running for office. Like, why do politicians keep saying the same things over and over again while they're getting elected? Because that's how you get your message across. So they'll just yeah. review what's new in El Capitan. I don't see how they do all that in one event next week, if they're going to do this yeah, that's big true. new Apple TV. Right. And, they, and I'm hoping they're going to talk about when the Watch OS 2 is coming. I think they're going to do that at next week's event. This is what I think. This, I think this, this, you mean Wednesday? Wednesday. Yes. This week. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. That's what I meant. Yeah. So this is what I think they're going to do Wednesday. I think they're going to. Uh, I think it's going to be exactly like last year's event. There'll be three. Well, it, meaning three things. First will be the new iPhones, and I'll probably be Schiller again, exactly like last year. Phil Schiller will come out and he'll tell us all about the new iPhone 6s and 6s Plus and force touch and uh, whatever else they have to talk about and how it all works. And here's when they're going to be available. And I guarantee it's going to be like 10 days later or nine days later on Friday, you know, the week, the, the week after, um, what will that be? Friday, the 18th. Um, then part two. Now last year, part two was Apple pay. This year's part two, I'll bet is Apple watch. And it'll be about, everything new with a watch 2.0. And uh, I, I think I said this on the show a couple weeks ago, but I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with new bands um, yeah. for the holiday season. And I think uh, probably German again, somebody this week had a rumor that they're going to do new bands, new sport bands at least. Yeah. Um, just to have something new to show and new to sell mm -hmm. for uh, the holidays. And maybe based on now that they have actual sales data, they know which existing bands are popular right and they can you know do something like that so it's a way to have new hardware to show without new stuff but then they'll, and they'll just review all of the watch 2.0 features that they they showed at wwdc but then they'll they'll say here and here's when it'll be here's when the update will be available yeah and then uh i don't know if they'll do one more thing 
But then there will be one more thing, and it'll be Apple TV. And Apple right. TV will fill the that third and final spot that Apple Watch played last year. Right. And they're going to have a lot to show because it's all new. It's radically new. Um, and there's probably going to be like partners there. Like, uh, I don't know if they'll have Netflix or HBO. Yeah, that could, again. that could take a long time. That could, it would, should take a long time. Yeah. I don't see our, after what I've just said, those three things, I don't see how there's any time left for iPads. Yeah. And they might even want to talk, uh, business. You know, I mean, they, given the concern over the Chinese economy, oh, they might want to just—they might point. just want to say, "Hey, we're doing really well. Here's how many we've, you know, yeah. iPhones we sold, and here's an update on, you know, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know, and you know what? And, and to get around, like, not giving numbers. Like, one thing I don't think there's any law against is like, here's photographs of one of our new stores in China. Right, and it's jam packed right. with people buying things. You know, here's like, a chart with a with a line going up with yeah. no num with no numbers on it. A Bezos chart, <laughs> right? Here's a Bezos chart. <laughs> Unlabeled axes. <laughs> it really, there's those. I don't know if they should be called Bezos charts or New Yorker charts because it's like you know how like there's like like the the. Every single New Yorker cartoon is either uh, two guys on an <laughs> island or it's a guy in a suit with a chart either going up or down. Right? right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, if they, yeah. Okay, I, so I, that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. I just actually. don't see. And, and I, there's, and so then, and then, I mean, the other thing is like the iPad Pro, if that's what, whatever it's going to be, assuming that's what it is, um, is kind of a thing that they need to talk about for a while. I mean, it's a new, it's a whole new form factor and supposedly it's coming with like a stylus and keyboards. And I mean, that's a, that's a lot to talk about there too. So, and, and if they're going to do a refreshed, uh, mini, which wow. is what the, what the rumor is and, and not do a refresh or at least not do a significant refresh of the air. I, that seems like that might be enough to, to fill a whole keynote. I I really do, especially and especially with a review of El El Capitan. And yeah. if they don't have a separate, October oh, so I'm sorry. Event. So you were saying the El Capitan one would be the October one? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. No, I miss. I just misunderstood you. I think next week is I this week. I guess this week iPhone, Apple Watch 2.0, uh, and an update on you know the amazing things people are doing with their Apple watches, uh, and then Apple TV, and then that's it. That that's yeah. two hours right there. Yeah, that's easily. Or even not, even if it isn't two hours, even if it's only 90 minutes or 95 minutes, it doesn't leave enough time to do the rest. And I don't think they want to do that. I don't think they want to, I don't think they want to do too much at once. Why wouldn't they just have a second event to to spread out the publicity? Why in the world would they want to just have all this stuff at once? And if there's an iPad Pro, if, it, I don't, again, I, I don't like, I'm trying to get away from knowing stuff. I don't want to know the secrets anymore. I want to be surprised. Uh, so I don't know. I have nobody on the inside who has ever said anything to me about an iPad Pro. Makes sense to me, though. And there's an awful lot of smoke, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. An awful lot of smoke that they're doing it. I, I think you're right that it that takes, that's going to be like, a, hey, we need to take time. That's a whole segment of an event to tell you why we're doing this. Yeah. And there's I think, a lot. There's a fair amount of explanation that needs to go on there. I think, right? And I think, I think because who's? Can, the, I mean, who's it for? Well, I think it. You know what I think is interesting about the iPad Pro, really interesting, is that's a great question. And the reason I think it's great is I think it's for 
Tim Cook, not only Tim Cook, but in the way that like Steve Jobs like had them make the phone that he wanted, and he knew that it, you know, lots of other people would want it too. But it was like I the way that Tim Cook talks about iPad and the way he says so many times that he does so much of his work on iPad, and that he's you know doing this big push personally into the enterprise with the you know the IBM deal. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see this thing where he was on stage at a Cisco event? Uh, at the end of August, I, yeah. Well, I heard that. Oh, I didn't realize he was on stage. I heard that they were doing it. They were also looking up to do a thing about getting i it was, phones it was, into the into the enterprise. Was it more about? I forget exactly. What. It was last Monday, and I don't think it was streamed. Oh no! Okay, so this was more recent. Yeah, uh, it was a huge event in Vegas. It was like the some kind of big Cisco conference with you know, and it was like in the. Uh, the MGM Grand, like the arena where all the big fights are, like the Mayweather fight and stuff like that, like a thousand, you know, six to ten thousand seat arena. I not don't the, know. Not the Canseco fight. No, not the Canseco. <laughs> <laughs> that was in a Denny's. <laughs> the, par- <laughs> the parking lot. The parking lot of the Denny's. Uh. Uh, no, but he he made an unannounced surprise appearance on stage at the Cisco thing. I, I've got like some email about it, but uh, I don't know that it's been publicized. But you know, he spoke and apparently at great length, and it was really really interesting. And it made a very compelling case for you know like that the iPad. It, it, we've only reached the tip of the iceberg, but it's it's going to play a tremendous role in business computing going forward. As like the, I I really do. I think he believes it. I think he I think he really thinks it's true. So I really and I really think that he himself is is going to use an iPad Pro a lot. Um, and I think that he he seems so interested in it personally. I can't see why they how they wouldn't put a lot of uh, time into the unveiling of it. You know, the, at, yeah. at an event, yeah. and again, I don't see how they fit that in one event next week. So, the, and the the WWD just to head off this possible. I mean, I could be wrong because I know German is saying it's coming next week, or right. or that it's planned to. And John Patchkowski said that too, but Patchkowski said the same thing last year, uh, like in August, like when he same thing, like when the, when he got the the leak of the date for the September event. Um, he said, you know, that it's expected to be new phones and Apple's, yeah. what we then called their wearable uh, and new iPads. Well, the, I, the one thing, the one thing that goes against our argument, though, is the is the size of the venue. All right, all right, hold Which that. I have, I have huge, an explanation right? on it. Yes. Okay. All right. I have an explanation on it. Hold that thought. Uh, the other counter argument is that the WWDC keynote this year went over two hours, well over two hours. Yeah. So why not just go over two hours again? Uh, I don't think they were happy that it, that went over two hours. Uh-huh. I think that uh, you know. <laughs> I don't think they should have been. <laughs> <laughs> I you know. I mean, you know, if it had been jam packed with real, you know, full of exciting information, I thought that, but that that whole the whole Apple Music thing was talking to you know some. Uh, uh, you know, there were some Apple people who, you know, obviously it's off the record, you know, but, you yeah, know, more or less yeah. we're like, hey, sorry about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Ben, ben Thompson and I went, we we're sitting together for it and we were like, we, we asked a friend, you know, like we were like, the word was that it was going to be long. That's, and we, I asked somebody I know who, who would know, uh, 
you know, someone from Apple PR. And it was like, hey, should we should we run to the bathroom? Because running to the bathroom at WWC is kind of a pain in the ass because there's so many thousands of people streaming in. Like the, the secret yeah. is to go all the way downstairs. Don't, you know, you're, the keynote's on the third level. Don't uh -huh. go to that Don't bathroom. Don't go to the there. one that's closest. Go further. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, like a funny side story is Ben and I both like, we were like, oh, we better go. So we like went and, you know, we, you know, a couple minutes ago before the keynote goes, we went down to the first floor to, you know, hit the restroom. Glad that I did. <laughs> so son of a bitch ran long. <laughs> the funny thing is we come back upstairs and we get to the third floor and the door to the men's room was out way out the door. I mean, there must've been a hundred, a hundred guys waiting in line to go to the, the men's room on the third floor of Moscone. And Ben, see me, I don't, I don't, I'm not a humanitarian. I was just going to go take my seat. <laughs> ben stopped and was, Ben is a very nice guy and started telling people, he was like, Hey, you know, you can just go down to the first floor and there's no line. There's literally no line at the first floor men's room. And every, nobody took his advice. And because they like, were scared. Yeah. They were scared yeah. that it was like, so kind of some sort of scam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ben like took it hard. He's like, I, you know, he, and I was like, this is why it doesn't pay to help people. Ben doesn't pay. <laughs> um, but anyway, I don't think they were happy that that went over two hours. They just felt like this is what we have to do at WWDC this year. And they needed to, you know, they felt like they needed to get Apple music announced. And so therefore it had to be over two hours. I feel like they, they, their internal goal to keep them all under two hours, you know, They'll make an exception if they feel like they need to, but if they don't need to, they won't. And I feel like they don't need to this time. Why they don't yeah. have to do right. one? Event. It would be breaking the pattern to do that. Yeah, yeah. All um, right. What was the thing I said we'd get back to? Oh, the venue. The venue. So the venue is it's Bill place. Graham Civic Auditorium. I've That's never right. been there. I don't. I'm not even quite. I hope I get there. Um, <laughs> If you do go to the bathroom in the basement, even if there even if there's no bathroom down there. Well, so it's a huge place, and I guess it can be configured to fill hit, fill thousands of people. But my understanding, and again, I this is just a, a sort of you know lick my finger and put it in the wind. But it sounds to me like that they they haven't really increased the number of people invited. Like it doesn't seem like press invitations are all that easy to get, um, which makes it sound like there's not. Now it could be that they are going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of people or whatever, but that they've invited people from China or that it's a bunch of people from the TV industry, you know, like people who write about TV right. and Hollywood reporters. And so that I wouldn't know this because they haven't increased the number of, uh, you know, the people I know in the, tech, the people. tech people. Well, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> there you go. See, but that's just, here's my, my thinking is that maybe the reason they have this big venue, I don't know what it even looks like inside. So I, you know, I could be that this doesn't even, this, what I'm going to say doesn't make any sense. But remember last year, uh, they built this big white box in front of the uh, Flint center mm -hmm. down there in uh, Cupertino. And nobody knew what it was. And it, and it was a big demo area, a big temporary demo area for all the new stuff they wanted to show. Um, like a one-day, two-hour Apple store. Uh, just for dem demonstrating the new uh, watch and everything. Uh, my thought is, what if they did that again this year, but they wanted to do it all indoors? That maybe that's why they have it in this huge area. So that there may not be tons of press seating or seating for people to see the event, but that they've built like a big area to demonstrate this. And I think just thinking about it, 
If you want to demonstrate Apple TV in a realistic way, you're gonna it, you need a lot of you physical gotta, space. You gotta have a lot of space, right? Because you gotta have a bunch of TVs. Yeah, and maybe like couches set up or something, you know. So you know, <laughs> sit down and watch a ball game or something, right? So that's my guess. My guess is just a, and just a guess. I I mean, how the hell would I know? I don't know what the hell's going on in the Bill Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. But this is my guess is that they've built a big, huge hands-on area inside, and that's why it's in a big venue. Not because they're inviting lots of people. Okay. Well, not that they're not inviting lots of people, even yeah. if you know. Yeah, I was assuming that it was going to be all the way through iPads, but but now that we've talked, I I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we're right. Yeah, that it's not that iPads are going to be next month. I'm also predicting. I'll predict that Mark Gurman will say that he wasn't wrong about the iPads. <laughs> He'll say he was right, but that they moved them to October because it leaked that they were going to come out. Because his his report that they leaked. Oh, that's unfair. <laughs> Is it unfair? That only, just... it only happened. Well, did that happen more than once? <laughs> no, it was just with the just the, the once the design just the, of uh, just the once the the health kit or health yeah. the health app design. But that he wasn't wrong. He was he was right, and they moved it out of spite. <laughs> they, are spite. Uh, they are very spiteful. And again, if they, and, and, and I, I just emphasize, uh, they could, I guess, squeeze in iPad. But then if they do, then there's nothing left to have an event for uh, El Capitan and any new Macs that they want to unveil. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting too that German even said that he, you know, he said that he thinks that the iPad. There's sources say the iPad's supposed to come out at this event this week, but then he himself said that the new uh, Retina 21 inch iMac is coming in October. And it's like, well, you know, a new i, new cool new Retina iMac coming in October sure sounds like a perfect thing to announce at an event in October, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's you'd what think, I think, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's enough too. It's just enough malts. Just enough. All right, John Maltz, Exactly the right amount. Uh, always good to talk to you. Always a good time. Uh, everybody can get all the malts they want at a very fine website. Uh, very nice website. Very, very nice. I don't know website. what I don't know what's going on at very fine website. <laughs> it's not as good as what's going on at very nice website, though. Yeah. Uh, is it got to be the nice? It's got to be the number one hit. If I Google very nice website, I would think so. Very nice website. Except I'm not using Google anymore. So. Yep. John Maltz's very nice website. Okay, there we there go. We go. Uh, so you can that's, find out that's more branding, there. baby. That's branding right there. Uh, if you enjoy the sounds of his voice on a podcast, <laughs> you're in luck. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, where did, uh, please have your hearing checked. <laughs> There's uh, turning this car around. If you Google for turning this car around, yeah. you'll find uh, that's uh, John's show where he talks about uh, parenting and and stuff like that with uh, John Armstrong. Yeah. Um, and. and? Uh, Lex Friedman. Yes, Lex Friedman. Lex Friedman. <laughs> I forgot about Lex. Uh, and you got uh, what else you got? Uh, the rebound. We're talk about technology with Lex Friedman and Dan Morin. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And Maltz at Twitter. And Maltz at Maltz. Yep. Pretty good. Pretty good. Got story. in there quick. Got in there quick and got that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I do have to race. Gruber, Gruber's too popular a name in Europe. There's, it's a big name in Germany. So it, it, if do you I get lots, of, do you get lots of people asking for your handle? No, nobody asked for it though. <laughs> you, you follow Jesse Char on uh, uh, on Instagram. Poor, every it's hysterical. I it's never so know. So funny. You, you know what? I don't. Ever, I never know whether it's a joke or not because people. You know, yeah, because people, it's, it's become a joke now. Yeah, right. right. She's got the at Jesse just playing j-e-s-s-i-e on instagram and every yeah. post she ever makes there's somebody in it usually some young girl named you know just 77 right. whatever <laughs> handle squared name. i don't know i don't know where these kids come up with the handle names but uh i mean did you ever look does your tech kid text at all did you ever look uh, yeah, at the yeah. names of like the iMessage names of of his oh, friends? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, it yeah. looks like they a, bear no re- recognition. No, no. Who's it, this? Yeah, it looks like a mistake. Uh, somebody asking, "Can I have your handle? Can I have your username?" As though, right. <laughs> like, like you just say, "Sure, yeah. yes. Why not? Why sure. wouldn't I give it to you?" Teenage stranger. <laughs> no, nobody asks for mine. Teenage stranger who has fifteen followers compared to my thousands. <laughs> Seems like a good deal. Uh, wonder whatever happened with that guy who had. Uh, I know we have to wrap it up. Whatever happened with that guy who has the at alphabet Twitter account? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that'd be something to look into. Let's wait. So, so okay, hang. Yeah. Alphabet. Yeah. Oh, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> take the e. I have to take the t off. That's no, still him. Yeah, yeah. still. still says him. I'm not an affiliate. I'm not affiliated with Google slash Alphabet. Yeah. Uh, all well, right. Have a good trip. All right. Thanks. Talk Mention to you, my talk name. To you again. I will. I'll put in a good word for you. Win big prizes. Yeah. I usually Thanks. sign up as it would get my press badge in your name, just in case. <laughs> that would explain why I'm not getting invites. <laughs> <laughs> He's Thanks. here. Why do you guys even send him anything? He's already here. <laughs>